Hey, what's going on, Asymmetry? Here we are, Ryan, Ira, and me, Jan Kulek, and we had just we we had just a good chat. That's it. Feel free to join us. Some maintenance, pre preparation for uh, for the coming season, like that mm. the trees needs to be like clean, nice, well organized, okay. prepared. Okay. Something what you put on the bench, it's like shining out or make it shine shine out. make it shine make it shine yeah or That's you know your, just is that your is was that your was that your 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 That's symbol, the shine for, symbol that was the gesture for shine yeah. shine serena shine I, I felt strength from that <laughs> yeah or you know it's like or or whatever it's like whatever makes sense to do just i want to be Useful, you know. Well, there, yeah, to... I mean, there's 700 trees here, so yeah. I'm just looking for you to cut down on the number of things that I'm thinking about when <laughs> I go off through the garden. Have more than two trees on this, that'd be great. Yeah, if, if we could, if we could get past just the one tree that could possibly fit that. No, I'm just kidding. Totally joking. <laughs> there's a there's a large number of raw trees, but I feel like the raw trees need to almost be potted. First, like the, like the backcountry boys' trees, I definitely prefer to to pot first, style uh -huh. second. You know, are any of yeah. those big ones that okay. we brought back in September ready to go? Do you think? No. Well, that big limber clump, but I almost feel like that's a Mariah in the Wild project. Honestly, it's you know what I'm saying that big, the massive central spire one. Oh yeah, yeah. Oof. Yep, 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 yep. That's feel, I, I think it needs a, like it. a year of elongating <laughs> growth, too. That's what Enjoy. I see with a lot of their trees. Is a year. Oh, did you try it? Yes, I like it. Yeah, Taste it. It tastes like uh, licorice mixed oh, with... Yeah, like, yeah, it's like spicy, oh, right? Yeah. Or like... But it's... It has a little coffee residue. Oh, that, so that, I bet even that only enhances. Yeah. I bet that only enhances. That's pretty smooth. Like yeah, that. yeah. It's like Goldschlager and Jägermeister. And, and yeah, Shambuka. it's like it it it's supposed to Ooh. makes you happy after the lunch. Oh. You eat lunch. You drink two cups of this. What's it called? Becherovka. Uh huh. Becherovka. Be Becherovka. It's like it was like Jan Becher. So Becherovka is like his last name. Oh, Jan Jan Becher. 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 With, with R in the end. Becher. Becher. Yeah. So is he Becher, famous? I don't know. Bro. I think so. If, oh, just for liquor. Just, yeah. yeah. He but, you know, he's like, like Jim Beam. He's like yeah, Jim Beam. Jack yeah, Daniels. Yeah, Jack yeah, Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Old number seven. It's the same sure. thing. Yeah, yeah. Or Johnny Walker or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Johnny That's Walker. It. So this is Johnny Becher. Yeah, there you go. Johnny Becher. <laughs> he made Becherovka. Yeah. Wait, so are there a lot of different liqueurs that are unique to the Czech? Mm, not really. No. Not really. Mm. Do you have? I mean, like Czech beer is like is as micro brewing in the Czech, like you yeah, see everywhere uh, else. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started like a few years ago, and it becomes to be more and more popular. And exactly this, like little breweries, and and it's something. What's yeah, the people are interested in. Yeah, right. even like l l very little family business you know and and kind of stuff huh. like that yeah now you you live out in the country though right yeah or do you live near a populated area do you live near a town or a city mm. 
Yeah, it's hard to describe because you know Czech is like like really small country. But yeah, I live I live close to the German border on the north of Czech, and yeah, what can I say? It's like hilly countryside, not super. Ah, it's it's like a periphery. Yeah, like a per- periphery of the country, or mm-hmm. so on the periphery yeah, of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Periphery of, of the country. So, in the past, it was like very abandoned, you know, abandoned part of country. Not like a, no money was involved in there. You know, the people were poor and so. On. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was. It's like this. This uh, north border of Czech has this little bit weird kind of uh, history, because during the Ah, uh, or yeah, there have been like many German uh, people, you know, in in Czech, like more right. than three millions people. And after Second World War, they they had to go out, you know. It was some, you know, all this bad shit what happened in the past. So after that, you know, the new people entered this region after these Germans needed to leave, leave this this place. So and these new people. They've they've been mostly like Czech people, but they had they they had no uh, what how to say it like they didn't feel any roots, you know. Mm-hmm. There, it's like it was like they weren't a, connected like to the a, place. Exactly, yeah. yeah sure. Thank you. Yeah, they were not connected to the place, and we can feel it over there until until now. It's like people uh, behave and acts differently than people. From the south of the country or or southeast part of the country, you know, because we are small country, but there are some big differences between the regions. Like in the north, we are like, you know, I don't know how to say. It's like not very uh, involved in anything, or (laughs) you know, kind of isolated. Would you say isolated? Would you say cold? Is it a, is it like a cold? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not community, as- not yeah, like, yeah. right, there's no history, mm. there's no relationships Something there. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you really are talking post-World War II. That's not that long. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, it's not like you have several generations. It's not it, like yeah, families yeah, yeah. know each other. It's not like kids grew up together or mm. maybe, maybe some did, but not enough mm-hmm. to have that kind of depth to the relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And, yeah, and sometimes it's it's like really strange that the people do, really don't care about any anything, you know, about the countryside or the communities or it's like a little bit cold approach, let's yeah. say. Yeah. The people from the north of Czech are I think they are a bit colder than the people from the south and southeast or yeah, Mora- Mora- Moravia we call it, or Morava. Yeah, we call this place. So on on the south of the country at the sound or in the south of the country they are like much more open i think and warm what do you call it more moravia yeah morava uh. or moravia where is uh tommy b compared to you tommy b is like uh, south south oh yeah. so he's down in the warm part yeah yeah and there is also very diff it's very different uh uh it is ju- yeah it is just very different <laughs> yeah. South is different. Like a, this is a general identity of the people from that particular region. Kind or? of. He's yeah. he's from the Tabor Tabor city, and this city was quite famous in the like uh, like uh, in the medieval era or a little bit later, because there was like uh, uh, I don't know how to 
how to say it in English, it was like it was the center of the big rage against the the medieval system or oh okay revolution to, a revolution yeah 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 kind yeah of. or like an uprising of sorts exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. fantastic and yeah, they all so. had armor on yeah lots of armor <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i so when i was a kid i had just like the deepest fascination with medieval times i was mm -hmm. all, i was all about it studied all about chainmail armor uh swords all of the weapons of medieval times i just thought it was so badass i wanted to be a knight Mm -hmm. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, fast forward like 20 some years and I'm moving to Oregon and it just so happens that the, one of the only remaining chain mail and custom armor, uh, craftsman actually lives in St. John's Portland and he's cool. like world renowned. And I'm, I'm talking like. He'll create solid metal chest plates with like a, mm. a raised lion's head that's a crest of a you know family from long, long ago. And so cool. every link of chainmail is hand linked and like mm. it's serious stuff. He's like he went yeah. deep, deep. Like yeah. deep, deep. I mean, how much does that stuff weigh? Doesn't it just sound like it's incredibly heavy? A lot. Yeah, a lot. And here's the thing that you have to think about is the size of of, of people in general has has significantly increased. And so <clears throat> the weight that it was back then with less material is significantly less than the weight it is now for the kind of material that it, you know, would, would cover and provide the protection to the Completely human body. badass, yeah. but not practical. Not practical. It's not realistic. No, that's not going to work. We should do some Mirai armor. Like, could you, would you be interested in sponsoring I'd that? be super hyped on Mirai armor. I think that would be the best idea that mm. we've come up with yet just double down we could probably <clears throat> sell a lot of the stuff around here and maybe just really invest in the armor yeah as a as a just a small mm. shift in the business model i think that would be amazing if we just had like a full night suit up in the office <laughs> for anybody that wanted to try it on and go roam through the garden that'd be great yeah yeah Dion, did you bring something like that in your carry-on you had a lot of you had a lot of luggage not really do you no, travel no, do you no travel armor. do you travel no heavy? armor this time do you travel heavy no, actually, I'm quite light traveler. I hate, you know, to carry a lot of stuff. And I mean, you used to be a dirtbag. You used to be a rock climber. I would think that you would travel yeah. with like a pair of underwear and maybe a toothbrush or something. Yeah, even without the under underpants. Yeah, just a toothbrush. Underwear. Yeah, and you could even get that so wherever maybe you I go. Can, yeah. Uh huh. Uh, no, not that serious. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen you wear another outfit the whole time you've been here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't talk right now. I need to go climb. That's right. That's right. No, talk later. Climb now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of these yeah, climbers' memories, but I realized that this is something what's what's over already. That like, you know, when I when I've seen some climbing video in my early twenties, I was like on the top of the moon, like I want to climb, you know. But when I see it now, it's. Not nothing happens. Yeah, you know, not nothing is going on. It's like I'm. Oh, okay. Somebody. I, I remember. Climbs. I remember when we hosted you. Um, you know, a couple of years ago in Las Vegas, uh -huh. we went out to Red Rock, and yeah. it's a pretty noteworthy climbing location. Yeah, it is. And you were just like in it, man. I mean, you were. It came right back to you. You were like, you know, bouldering, kind <laughs> yeah, of scampering up that, some areas, and you were just like, man, I could climb here forever and never run yeah. out of location. That's true because this this place is so, yeah, overwhelmingly big and you know the quality of the stone yeah of this 
very special, smooth sandstone. It's so appealing that you immediately yeah. want to climb. You know, it's it's still in me. You know, it's 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 inside of me. So compare climber, that with climber instinct. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's no longer true. It's like, so where were uh, you climbing in Europe then? Like, what what did that look like compared to some of these the areas you've seen here in North America? See, we didn't get to go to Yosemite. There was, Jan almost oh, went yeah. to Yosemite with us last time. Mm-hmm. Like there was like a discussion of should he move his flights yeah. because he was here working when Fujikawa was here, oh, and then he went, and then yeah. he left, and it was like, do you, do you want? And there was like, I've been gone a long time, but like that would be amazing. By far, one of the places that I need to prioritize to take you the most. Yosemite mm. would bl- would blow your mind. Yeah, Basically, blow yeah, your so. mind. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Paradise for climbing. <clears throat> it is total paradise. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, when I was like seventeen, I've I've got the the I've got the fame I've got the famous book, the Camp Four, right, which is uh-huh. about the climbing community, which started to climb over there in the hippie era, more or less, and. It's like, and I was like really engaged to this book, and it was yeah, I have I have good memories too about that, yeah, you know, to to read this book and trying to, I was trying to imagine the the subculture which was which was growing over there, you know, all the climbers hanging out and climb climb together, and yeah, and but did you watch? Did we watch Valley Uprising yeah, yeah, together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, okay. yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah the so whole you've seen this about that. Yeah. Tab four. So yeah, great. Okay, yeah, perfect. I, yeah. I would have felt I would have felt like I let you down if I hadn't shown you that movie. You've done mm. him a disservice. Yeah, I would have totally yeah. done you. I mean, because that's the movie for me. I didn't give a I didn't give sort of any weight to the climbing culture in Yosemite till I saw that movie, and then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is like a real thing. Oh yeah, this is like a big it, thing. It, it was. It was a big. It was like thing. a worldwide phenomenon thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like cultural phenomenon by itself it's like like a really strong subculture was yeah, or no created bolts. developed there totally that's totally. that's that's intense i i but, honestly think that bone tie parallels the climbing evolution which is like a really weird thing to say but like oh, interesting. there's just so many crossovers to the evolution of thought and then like the development of free climbing and you know the use of you know for left right back branch uh, which would be, uh, you know, bolts and gear versus free climbing, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden free climbing evolved into soloing, yeah. which I don't know what that looks Connection like yet. We're not there. Nature and the environment. Totally. Absolutely. Inspired by embedding yourself in, per, you know, sort of repurposing. Like it's just, it's really, and, and also generationally, you know, you have like, you had like the, the golden age, which was like Royal Robbins and, and, and Harding and like mm-hmm. uh, Yvonne Chouinard who started Patagonia, like that whole crew that like started with all this, you know, a little bit, it was a little bit more utopic and a little bit more like, uh, you know, innocent. And then you had the hippie era, like you're mm-hmm. talking about, which is like the, the stone monkeys that came in and did their thing. And that's like this next generation building on I, I really do look at style as well as time generation era and nuance and nature of the climbing game as like Royal Robbins and John Naka. These are like these are like two very intellectually uh you know capable people that really spread the love of their art form. I, I think there's a lot of overlap. I think I think there's yeah. some of the similar pitfalls too. Mm. And there's a, there's also a big uh, thread there of once you've seen somebody else do something, mm. now you can do that and do more. Yeah. Which is, I yes. mean, like the bonsai community is really building upon, like, 
you know, mm. especially in North America, maybe Europe too, where it's like, you know, the exposure from, from Japan and mm-hmm. then getting into the culture mm-hmm. here and mm-hmm. like seeing like kind of the introductory kind of bones being set yeah. and building upon yeah. that. Yeah, I love that. That's, I think it's so, I mean, Mr. Kamur, Kamura opened the door though. Mm. There's no doubt Kamura opened the door. Suddenly some dude is carving things up with chainsaw, which I, which I still do wonder if dan robinson did not start that for him but we'll talk about that with dan we will talk about that with dan which is going to be really exciting but like nevertheless putting things on deadwood Mm -hmm. you know uh uh, planting radical compositions on stone changing Changing the vessel concept changing the vessel Mm -hmm. concept the Mm -hmm. proportion of his pieces the asymmetry of his like he he was really the first to go just super he treated the tree like a sculpture he was the Mm -hmm. first to do it he he went super deep but he probably never or that, uh, that's my question. Do you think, guys, that he was approaching the bonsai from the position of the of the artist? Like, like was he in that time thinking about himself? Like, I'm a, I am an artist, and I'm gonna make yes. create my art. Yes. Like, yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. His inspiration was his inspiration was for a lot of the deadwood work. Uh-huh to he he you know people say like uh oh, carving and try to make it look natural and say he didn't care if it looked natural that wasn't what he's trying to do mm-hmm. his intention was to create light and shadow and he was playing off of like yeah. you know um um who's who who's the artist that sculpted the david michelangelo michelangelo yeah, yeah. like michelangelo mm-hmm was one of his biggest inspirations mm-hmm. or like oh, uh, mm-hmm, I think he really mm-hmm. respected Da Vinci and like the engineering that Da Vinci brought to the world mm-hmm. Leonardo Da Vinci mm-hmm. um and all of the ninja turtles just to be clear yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the, I'm sorry this is like pop culture this is what happens when Taft is here mm-hmm. Taft uh-huh. is here earlier oh and, he brought that he brought yeah, that heat didn't know, he he, bring, he, yeah, he brought thunder. that energy brought that energy the fact that we got to go back to battle beasts strong and very strong <laughs> and you're like these are really rare and he's like really like there's like an angle there where he's like should i like cherish it more or like uh-huh. does it change how i should play with the toys or and he's like special? it's a good thing i take good care of them and i like find battle beasts like buried in the pots submerged in the rocks with water like these these toys these are these little they're they're all animals but they have armor and they have a weapon, and then they have this little patch in the middle of their chest that you press, oh, yeah. and, it, uh-huh. and it shows you fire, water, earth, or wood, right? Mm-hmm. And th- they originated in Japan long, long ago. I mean, these are like, you know, mid-80s mm-hmm. that I collected all of my battle beasts, and that I couldn't find them anymore, and I've never been... You know, now in the modern era, I should look online for battle beasts. I've never thought about that. They were by far my greatest obsession of toy collection when I was a kid. And uh, and so I saved all of these toys. Battle Beasts, my mask figures, uh, my G.I. Joes. Uh-huh. My mom gave away my Star Wars. That's a, a point of contention that we have. But still working I would I, I, I would have had a killer Star Wars collection. I mean, I had like every Star Wars figure ever. And it wasn't because I went out and like bought it all. All of this stuff was given given like from like daycares and like people and like friends and kids growing up, you know, like... Somehow all the toys were deposited at, at my house because I was the one that was like so into them. Every time I went over to somebody's mm-hmm. house, they're like, "You would you like that? Johnny doesn't play with that anymore. And I was like, yes. yes mm-hmm. But Battle it. Beast, Battle Beast, I found. Nobody else had Battle Beast. 
That's all. That, that Arneal.com. I did that. I found that. <laughs> I did that. That's Arneal.com. That's Arneal.com right. coming uh-huh. in hot. Uh-huh. So, Jan, what were mm. you what were you doing as as a child? Did you guys have action figures? Did you have like things that were, you know, like kind of more European based or they were toys made elsewhere? What does Man, that look like? It's simple. I was doing bonsai. Oh, yes. This is the <laughs> thing. Wait, Rock what? climbing and bonsai since I was three. No, really. I was I started when I was like in fourth grade. Fourth, fourth grade in the elementary school, like 10 years old boy. I remember that I found some book about bonsai in, in my grandma's, grandma library, you know? What? I, I didn't know about this. No? So you started we when you were... in the first taint? podcast? Was it in the first podcast? I don't know. Did we miss it? I you didn't know. talk yeah, about this in the first the, podcast. Maybe you did. You, uh, but you didn't enter it from the angle of Battle Beast, and this is where my, my portal's uh-huh. been open. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm nice, aware. I'm listening nice. now. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so it was like that. So, yeah, one of my childhood hobbies was bonsai because of this book. And I I always, since since the really young age, I, I really loved nature just to be outside. You know, I, I was this kind of kids where we spend it all day outside, you know, without the parents, just playing in the meadow or in the forest, you know, just close to the home, close to the home, but outside, you know, just hanging with the friends really we had the place which we called like a jungle you know which was like a little forest with a little river and we made like these little whatever battlefields or we played the games over there but i spent my whole childhood outside mm. and in this beautiful countryside of the north of Czech, which I, I, I really love this place, you know, this part of country. and So you grew up there too. So yeah, you live yeah. in the north of Czech now, but exactly. you grew up there. You, exactly. And your your garden and, and home that you're building yeah, are where it's you... it's in the same place. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. good. It's like I moved from the parents' house, but I moved like less than five minutes by walk, you know. It's like to the opposite side of the little... In case you get hungry, uh, you know where to go. There's always you still go, back there. You go home for dinner sometimes? Yeah. Like I do. Like uh, like weekly, couple times a week. Uh, currently, a little bit more because as our ho- home, our house is not completely finished. Ah. I, I, I'm I visit my my family, my parents, like on a daily basis. Oh, that's uh, great. So far, you you so, you still like them, huh? Yeah, man. You know we have a lot of hassles and you know problems <laughs> in the family we are not we are far from the ideal family you know because of that doesn't happen to because of else. me you know just, because yeah. i i had to spend so much time over there you know with them and, and yeah it's it's kind of difficult but anyway yeah i i i like them i i should i should work i should work about my relationship especially with my father as uh, we don't we don't cooperate, collaborate very well ah. through the, my whole life, and it's um, as I'm getting older and older, all of these things about the relationship with parents and with my family getting to be more and more important. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fascinating. No matter where you go, it kind of feels like kind of feels like there's uh, harmony in the fact that you know although parents are such an important part of life like there's there's mm. just the ebb and flow and the ups and downs of that of that relationship you know yeah. it's like it's like cross all cultures kind of a vibe mm, yeah it probably yes yeah you know we we talk very often with 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 martina with my partner about about her family you know there there are also some problems and and actually she studied the psychology and her her like the final 
uh, work or how what's the term English term for that when you finishing the study and you have to when you graduate or yeah yeah the, for the, the graduation work or like a dissertation yeah or yeah something. exactly yeah thanks yeah. so the the main topic about uh, the main topic of her work is how to deal with your family oh wow. <laughs> it's, it's more or less that's the title English? of her you yeah, know right. can so I we get are a disc- copy of that? that do you have a copy in english that you could share <laughs> and leave behind here yeah that's right. probably it should be also in english so yeah i can i can bring you one that's <laughs> great yeah, so is she better at dealing with her family she she is she's because she's much more sensitive than me or much more uh open yeah as 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 the women are you know women women's are you know much more open and sensitive a different in general yeah, d- different approach so yeah yeah she's always ah uh, making the things wait so did she grow up in the same place yeah yeah we live did you grow up together more or less but she she's from the she is <laughs> from the another little town i'm from a, i'm like a pure villager uh-huh. and she is from the town <laughs> oh. oh wow she's sophisticated she's, she's sophisticated huh? <laughs> she's a little bit more sophisticated yeah right yeah. right right <laughs> uh, good for you yeah so yeah i i heard somewhere that is that is good to when you when you marry or when you find a girl which who's who's who who lives close to your area that's the best what you can do so i i huh. did it and i'm i'm happy i'm not complaining Wow, I've never heard that before. That's new. I haven't either. That's new. What? Growing up in Crescent City, you, you know what I think about the California North Coast? I just because we were just yeah, there. We were just there. We were just there. there. It was hot. Yeah. You, you took the team by your house. I'm. I'm. We we rolled through the beach and the kind of this the hit that hit, drove by my high school and the lighthouse. We just did Dang. a quick detour. <laughs> Was it? Was you you loved it? Oh, oh man. See, I, when I saw you guys peel off, I was like, well, where are they going? And then I told Diana and Josh, I was like, I bet they're going to, I, I bet they're going to see so Iris house. Yeah, grounds. he's showing them the local yeah. the local hang. Yeah, and I've been in Crescent City like multiple times, but I've never been in the lighthouse. I was like, wow, because I always show Crescent City going to St. Paul. Yeah. But we never stop. I think like, it's really beautiful. Like, oh. Just to go to the lighthouse and that area, it's battery point but northern california has always been untouchable for me because it is untouchable from the perspective of you can go visit but there's no reality to live there you know like it's not an accessible point it's not close to anything there's no highway that gets you there quickly nope and those communities do not welcome outsiders they do yeah, not welcome outsiders. Yeah. Mm. That is an isolated, closed community, local-based, pretty generational as well. You know, like definitely with the logging and fishing kind of background. Yeah, that's the real backbone of that area. Mm. That's, there's definitely like, a, you know, my family has been here. And, and even when I was playing sports, because we moved there in like, I was in the second grade. But even like playing sports growing up and becoming aware of it as I got older looking back, mm. there was definitely that like, you know, so and so's dad, and they're all you know all these different friends, and they grew up, and they had kids, yeah. and they're all on the mm-hmm. same team, mm-hmm. and there was all these weird little political, you know, oh, not like yeah. you know super and deep, but you know, but just the connections of of family and generations is like that, you know, being an outsider. Like I was a little bit of an outsider because you know we didn't. Oh yeah. You know, I, my parents didn't grow up. There. Yeah, yeah. To being an outsider, that's that's the that's my mid name. Yeah, an That's outsider, like <laughs> really, 
It's wait, like, wait, be, but but you live in the town that you grew up in. How are you an outsider? Everybody because knows was, your name. Everybody's I, glad you came. Yeah, I was I was a little bit mm, weird kind of child, you know. It's like I was interested in the strange things like art, you know, and uh-huh. nature and uh-huh. bonsai, you know. And all my friends were like more just different kind of different animals, you know, a little bit. Well, what 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 like, what would a Czech kid be interested in? Because, like, say in the United States, you'd say like football, baseball, mm. soccer, basketball. Oh, yeah. You know, like, so is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Exactly, like football. You know, I was, I I, I have these memories that like we we were playing the football, and I was always like fifth wheel with of mm-hmm. the of the car, you know, or uh-huh. something like that, and but. It's what's what's interesting, what's kind of surprised me that I I never experienced that I was like bullied, you know, or had some problems in the school. I, I somehow I always manage all of these things. And uh, I had many friends and uh, later on when I was like, you know, in my 15s or 16s, we were hanging out outside with the friends. And even though I was like kind of, like real weirdo at the time, I think. The group, the, the the friends was always like like friendly with me or or you know, the, like Ah, that's Jan, that's the crazy artist. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. were even like uh happy that they have a friend like me, that's somebody who's a little bit different, a little bit weird, you know, like thinking about yeah, we were s- I don't know. Can I say say it? We we were smoking weed, you know. And mm-hmm. I was actually never that like hard smoker, you know. They were like hardcore smokers, mm-hmm. and they always said like, "Hey, Jan, with you, we don't we don't even need to smoke, you know." It's like just hanging out with you is just enough. Just hanging out is exactly. enough. <laughs> hanging out <laughs> with you is enough. More than enough. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm curious. I'm curious what yeah. that must have been like. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah. And all of these guys now they are like carpenters, you know, like Trade, uh, working in trades. Yeah, like and they have families, they're like ordinary like good guys, you know, with like yeah. good families, good kids. Are those guys helping you build your house some of yeah, those people, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. Still oh, really? The same group. Oh, of that's course. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing yeah, kind yeah. of connection. Uh, of course I met some new people through this, you know, through my old group from my child from my childhood. So I connected to the new people and found new friends and, but yeah, it's like we just living our small life, you know, over there in the north of Czech, and we don't care about the rest of the world. That that's the basic approach over there, you know. It's like let don't mess around with the others too mm-hmm. much because the world is strange, you know, and the the strangers could be potentially not dangerous, but we we don't mess we don't want to mess with the other people. Yeah. You know? That's the that's yeah. the like uh, general approach over there. Like we know each other. We can ah uh, rely on 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 that and that that's that's it, you know. And yeah, that's, when as you sit here say, saying that, it hmm. sounds like that must be so pleasant. It is. It must be it such is. a relief. Yeah. Actually it is, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like do you feel like living in the united states now that there's like there's almost like a necessity like it's almost like the opposite where people are like i, God, I need to travel 
Mm. Like since the pandemic, I haven't been able to travel. I need to travel. Oh, and it's like, man, what you're saying is the sense is, ah, you We're know, there's right a here. lot of, there's a lot of crazy shit out there. I'm sure. But like, we'll, we'll just hang here. We're cool. We're good. Uh, so has the pandemic made anything different for you guys? No. Ah, see, that's, uh, that's amazing. You see? So it's been, that's it's been virtually for you. It's like, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's like, what the heck is going on? But I don't care. My friends, have, they have enough work, you know. There is still a lot of things to do, you know, because they are really good in what they are doing. Yeah. I continue in that, um, in that time with my stuff, you know, making my trees, making stone slabs, building my home. Okay, we cannot travel currently, but who cares? Uh -huh. We're just going to wait and, yeah... We, that, that that's the b general or basic approach how everybody from my group or my my friends feels feel about that you know? wow. it's like that sounds nice that sounds very fortunate really yeah yeah sounds like a relief is what it sounds yeah. like yeah. there's a lot of anxiety bit that's been built up the last couple <laughs> seems yeah. like you dodged all those bullets yeah. that's great on the other hand yeah on the other hand uh, as i'm a little bit different from that group, from my friends, I like felt like that I need to travel or escape for a while from that easygoing, small life, let's say, you know, or like. So how does that transition into kind of you wanting to come out here to Mariah? Because I know you reached out to Ryan and you were saying, hey, I'd yeah, like to like, come out again. Hey, and Yeah, exactly. It's like... Uh, it, it, were you searching for like a different experience? Exactly. You were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's my nature. I, I I like it. You know, to I don't know. Like I like to discover new things and and getting better in everything what I what I do. And uh, so I was thinking like I I remember exactly how it was. I was like making another stone. And suddenly I was like, I would love to go to Mirai, you know, to be there again, you know, just mm -hmm. to hang out with you, learn new things, you know, get new experiences, just and kind of get the new fresh air or, you know, something like that. Because to be here is like really cool, you know, what what can be more for the for the guy who lo loves to who loves makes to yeah. make trees Disneyland for bonsai people. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, well, and you and Tom, I mean, like that was a pretty epic trip when you two were here the first time. Oh yeah, and then and then <laughs> and then we worked with Fujikawa was here. Like, I mean, I, I feel like that was before the house was destroyed, which that really yeah, yeah, yeah. that really changed the tone of Mariah quite a bit mm. when that whole thing yeah, I can, happened. I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it, it's a little mm -hmm. different, you know. It's not bad. I mean, I think like no, th you know things different. have continued to change, but. I'm really excited when that's fixed mm. and it's not, it's the not. The rebuild's going to restore a lot and enhance a lot. I think it's going to, I think it's going to restore. It's going to be like, uh, it's going to be like Mariah, you know, 3.0 mm. because uh, it, it, it's going to come with a lot of energy, a lot of positivity, but also I, I think there'll be a significant amount of optimism where currently that structure represents kind of a, uh, a little bit of a weight, you know, dragging us down. So, but, but, what a spectacular trip that first time. You know Tommy B's coming back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he told me about He's that. He's coming yeah. for uh -huh. Triscally. Tom, uh, yeah. Tom Benda, uh, Andrew Pearson, Stone Monkey, and Thor Holvilla mm. 
are coming to do the Triscoli Potters Collective at Mariah in May. And I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna take spoiler alert. I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna take the boys on a trip. Oh, I'm nice. gonna take the boys on a little trip. Mm. A little inspiration coming well, your way. That's <laughs> courtesy of the uh, western part of the United that's States. That's right. Yeah, courtesy, courtesy of the western uh, grandeur. Yeah, the oldest, largest, and tallest tree in the world. We're gonna go oh, on the. Yeah. We're gonna go on the triad. That sounds great. Yeah, oh. which is which should be pretty fantastic. Stay I'm, tuned. Content, I'm, content I'm, explosion. I'm too. excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Some brave Mariah creative team member is going to need to mm. go. Oh, Document. Are you Jesus in Jesus? Is, Jesus is dialing in future content. Oh hell yeah! He could pull some uh, some selects for us, courtesy of. Uh, he is uh, the behind wife, the, his he, wife is, is worked with the park service. Oh, that's right, and you are the behind the scenes guy. Can we? Can you help us with some permits? We're trying to go Done. collect in some really Let's unique do it. areas, Jesus. Yeah, the Triscoli Potters Collective in the wild. Ooh, in the wild. Ooh. Ooh. Tommy the, Bean the, is the, the, Euro, the European boys being set loose in in the Western United States. And yeah, it's kind kind of interesting because one is from Czech, one is from England, right, and one is from Norway. Yeah, yeah. is he from Sweden or from Norway? Oh, oh sorry, maybe Sweden. Yeah, Sweden. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm headed yeah, there. So I'm headed to Sweden this year to oh. uh, to work. Uh, oh, yeah. Thor's got a study group or something, and he mm-hmm. brings Walter Paul is there last year. I'm super pumped. What for is that. the tree? I can't wait. There's the tree in Sweden that old he goes. Old Tico. There you go. Tico, Tico, old Tico, Tico, whatever that is. T E J K K O. You have a book here, I think, of it, right? Uh, I don't have the book, but I the the Irene has the book. Oh, that's for. Okay. Yeah, old yeah, Tico yeah, is on her yeah. on her bookshelf. Yeah. There's the when you go through page by page. There's all these photos. Is it like day by day or month by month? Yeah, Somebody was it's, taking an all these, it's an interesting. It's an interesting compilation. That that tree is is really historic, and uh, we get to go see that. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Bam. Bam. That sounds great. It is exciting. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question for you, thinking about you and, mm. and Martina, both mm. growing up in that northern part of the Czech. Mm-hmm. And and I know a little bit about your experiences, rock climbing and mm-hmm. getting out and, and seeing you know, different parts of Europe and that. How has that influenced you know the work that you do, the stones and slabs? Mm. And what is Martina's influence on that because i know she's a part of that with you as well yeah yeah she, she's a big part of that and yeah the the rock climbing influenced our work a lot uh, was like, she doing I that mean, with you lot. did she climb with you or? sure oh i sure. didn't i didn't know that yeah good. We, oh we, she was a rock climber too sure we met in the f- climbing gym oh wow i had Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I'll be watching that this weekend. Yeah. I mean, for the simple fact that I'm making the app, but you know, <laughs> besides that, it's actually the video is pulled up on my computer. I Could just haven't watched it yet. Selects, please, Jesus. Yes, Thank right. You. <laughs> Could you timestamp that while we're doing this? I'll just we're take a screenshot. I'll just <clears throat> take a screenshot and put it on Instagram. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's like. Yeah, the, the the nature and the rocks, it was like a huge inspiration, huge inspiration. It's like endless source of new ideas and I, I love these kind of little trips to, uh, to the surrounding nature with Martina. Sometimes we take a camera or, you know, phones or whatever. And we are taking pictures of interesting textures, yes. you know, and shapes, shapes textures, and discussing some ideas. And sometimes she, she's like, She's much more calm, you know, and like, yeah, and don't don't think about crazy 
stuff. Let's make our job. You know, she's like the like the uh, she's organizer, or you know, she she calms me down a little bit. Wait, so but, part of your job is to go look at textures and shapes in nature? Sure. God, that's great. You know, sure. you do have to be proud of yourself for really forming your own reality, Jan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is something, I mean, you're doing bonsai. You're not a formally trained Japanese apprentice. Hmm. You're doing bonsai professionally. You've figured out this very artistic way to represent the geology, you know, in the bonsai form. And, uh, and you, 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 you know, you've kind of made this life for yourself. That's, that's pretty rock and roll. Like it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's kind of awesome. Uh, that's an artist's life right there. It, it, it is. Yeah. I agree, and I am proud of that. Yeah. To be, to be, you should be. really That's perfectly great. honest. I'm proud because I, I'm living my dream. I remember when I was like in the elementary school, and the teacher she was asking what, what you want to do with your life, Jan, in the future. You know, once you will, you will grow up. And I just stand up and I said, you know what? I'm gonna be an artist. Mm-hmm. I was really cre- clear about that. I know that I. Later on, I mess 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 up with the with the climbing quite a lot, but you know to be, yeah. But anyway, look how informed what you're doing now. I mean, you're like your life as an artist is basically completely informed by climbing. Yeah, yeah. And your so, relationship so, with rock—that's the yeah, best thing that could have happened to exactly. you. Exactly. So somehow the, this pieces of you know this puzzle fits fit together. Somehow everything work well actually, and yeah. I'm I'm getting to be I'm getting to be proud of myself. To no, be you really be. perfectly honest, Good for you. you know, it's like, yeah. Good yeah. for you. So so, yeah. what does it look like then? I mean, a lot of us are are familiar with your work for the past few years, and I'm I'm really excited to see the current shipment that is. I think it's in Seattle. I don't know. Any day now. We, 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 we honestly don't know where it is. <laughs> it's the strangest thing. But we is there anything? Are there any surprises with the new work? I mean, I don't want to. Uh, I guess we'll see it here soon. But what? what are there any changes in the direction between you know what your your influences, what Martina's looking to do? I, I think th- th- there are, but they are quite sub- subtle, subtle changes. Or because I always, or we try to seek the function functionality. You know, it's like you can do whatever you want, but will it be functional in terms of you know bonsai work or? Mm-hmm. And it's not that easy or. It is actually, yeah, you know what I mean. It still needs to be usable, practical. Yeah. And, uh, but we currently experiment, we experiment with, uh, or I feel, what, 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 this is great. I feel that what we did so far is just the beginning. And this is what drives me forward. You know, oh, that's I, very I think exciting. We, we can explore so much about that. Like, extend our technique extend the approach find the new ways i'm i'm const- it's like a constant process i'm thinking about the new approaches and how to make the th- our products better more interesting you know more beautiful more more original i don't know what i would do without your work honestly at this point walk around this garden i don't i don't know I mean, what i would do i don't know what i would do without you and martina like it's 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 completely liberated uh, the imagination at Mirai to create a more wild aesthetic with the material that was mm. already there. You know, like the really? the, the, oh. the standard bone type pot. I mean, 
you know, it's undeniable a Tom a, a Tom Benda piece is going to elevate the aesthetic level of a tree. Yeah. But uh, a Jan Kulik Martina piece is going to uh, is going to naturalize mm. a piece of material, you mm. know, and that's like Recon- reconnect to the environment. Absolutely, yeah. it's, it just yeah. it just plants the tree where it's supposed to be for those shapes that mm-hmm. that elicit that in kind the right of moments, response. In the right yeah. Tree. yeah, yeah. And and the more that I'm out in the wilderness, the the more that makes sense. A lot more sense to me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to get the new box because I need several of those pieces for okay. my own compositions <laughs> that's like today getting to use the me and ramani pot on yeah. the oak i was just like yeah fuck yeah. yeah yeah you got one for yourself i got one yeah, i get to keep one that's right keep one. yeah use the j cross today and a me and uh, ramani today you know it's like there is kind of a bigger story i think behind all of that about behind the stone production or creation because uh since the since I started with bonsai more and more seriously, I somehow instinctively felt that the tree in the pot or or this this whole world about the pottery is not really my cup of coffee, mm-hmm. you know, to tell the truth. I don't know why. I I I was never really that interested in. <laughs> In bonsai pottery, I of course I I was exposed to the highest quality Japanese pots and then the highest quality of European pot, pots and I I I understand it, but it's not my thing somehow. Mm-hmm. And as a secondary product of it, of this feeling of or this attitude, the secondary product is our stone production because I somehow instinctively felt that I. I've got to find my way, how to deal with that. You know, like I want to do bonsai, but I don't want to use the bonsai ceramic or I don't want to get myself into it. Some, you know, it's like, like a little bit weird approach, actually, a little bit weird thing. And so do you not, you do you not use bonsai pots? You just use your stones for everything. To tell the truth, every year, I use less and less bonsai pots. Mm-hmm. I use them mostly as a training pots to build up the root ball, you know, solid stuff. Because for some projects, you need all already well established root ball. You know, you know what I'm talking about. So that's it. And uh, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm wrong. So you can tell me more about that. But my experiences are that the trees that's my my personal feeling from my garden grows maybe better on the slabs or stones or i don't know if the root mm-hmm. balls are more more exposed. oxygen exposure yeah, potentially, yeah all of these right? things i consider the watering as easier safer yeah you know all we of these reasons that this leads me towards like i'm going to explore this world about the stones and trees or trees on the top of the stones more and more this is my thing huh. yeah? Never thought like, about that i'm thinking about these things i was thinking about these things quite a lot actually last year and and yeah what i've observed during my my work with with in danny's place you know because i i work quite intensively with danny ginko and how did that how did that come about how did you start working with danny and become such a uh central figure at the ginko uh, very naturally, 
very naturally. It's like uh, we met somewhere probably during the trophy show or it was maybe in, in Solier. And uh, I knew that it, that he's Danny Ginko, you know, like the famous figure. And he ordered, in that time, he ordered like the very first slap from me. Like that you ever made or that he ordered for him the first like, piece that from yeah, you? F- yeah, it was his first yeah. piece in uh-huh. his garden. And I was like putting this slap into his car and I was like, hey, Danny, I know that you have like a huge nursery and, you know, I like to work with trees. So if, if you are interested, I can come, you know, and maybe we can make something together. I can try to help, you know, and learn new thing. And, and he was like, yeah, okay. And no, nothing more. And I was like, he's not interested? Or maybe, yeah, maybe I said something wrong or two. You know, like, I was not sure. <laughs> and after like one week or two weeks, I received a short message on, on Facebook. Like, hey, Jan, if you want to come, you can come next week or next day. I was like, yeah. So I jump immediately. I jump into the plane. I I, I, I flew. Mm-hmm. I fly. Flew. Fl- I flew over there and... This was the beginning. How long ago was that? Because when I was there, and when I was there in 2020, just before the just before every chaos mm-hmm. hit, uh, you were there working. Todd was like sleeping yeah. in some abandoned space in Danny's yeah, facility. Uh, you know, yeah, like yeah. Todd yeah. somehow carved out a, a, a niche to be working at the Ginkgo Center when he was in Europe. Like it was really. It had it had like some solid European uh, Mirai vibes. Bonsai going. dirtbag deluxe. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, yeah. it was like all these all of these wonderful little bonsai vagabonds everywhere just mm-hmm. pumping out work. You know, me yeah, included. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was there just yeah, like you'll, you'll dive in. I was yeah. I'm all about it. This place used to be a bonsai hostel, you know, before uh-huh. it was a bonsai garden. It was a straight up hostel. We'll get the, we'll get the air mattresses <laughs> out yeah. if we And need I to. love it. It's yeah. kind of there's a little bit of a hostel vibe kind of happening here now the sissons are occupying the you know the guest house and so suddenly Jan Bond's here and then Jan bon Sam, Tan, and the, Sam Tan's gonna mosey on and over and Sam Tan <laughs> it's good it's got it's got some it's yeah. got some vintage vibes coming out I like it yeah yeah, yeah. Ginkgo is an amazing place yeah also yeah Danny Danny I, we were talking about it earlier today but I just after going there and seeing the greenhouse facility, outdoor facility, mm. and recognizing that he's managing trees indoors year-round, he's producing trees, he's got finished trees. Yeah. It's just like... That Thousands guy's, of trees. That guy's a total psycho uh, that was cut off the same, you know, cut off the same block as myself. But Danny is a nurseryman. Yeah, definitely. He's, yeah, he, he's yeah. a nurseryman. He grew up in the nursery exactly. industry. His family yes. has roots. In, I mean, that guy horticulturally without necessarily being able to explain the physiology of it, just knows plants intuitively. Yeah. And I think handles plants in a way that allows him to have a success. That's not that's not intuitive to most people. That's a real that's gift that's a mm. real gift it's, that he's yeah, got. It is, it is. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. What what I've seen is he's like extremely gifted in these kind of things. He really knows but yeah, intuitively, how the how does how the trees works, how the plants works. I mean, work he he grew, he grew up with it. He grew yeah, up he grew yeah. up watering and growing plants in a greenhouse, mm-hmm. working in a green. Mm-hmm. G- the greenhouse is a foreign environment. Re- greenhouse mm-hmm. is a foreign environment unless you understand a greenhouse through and through thoroughly. And this is like, 
when you look at the shift away from agronomy, the shift away from the horticultural practices, the reduction of the green industry, the green mm-hmm. industry being, you know, mm-hmm. anything and everything related to plants mm-hmm. uh, in the United States, you know, a lot of the cut flower production, a lot of the uh, produce production is outsourced to other countries now. And like that, the loss of that green industry is a loss of a lifestyle, it's a loss of a culture, but it's a loss of knowledge about the land and all of these things. And I think green greenhouse nurserymen are particularly special people uh, just because of the fact that you have such a foreign environment that demands different considerations. You know, the way you water a tree in a greenhouse versus out in the garden, completely different. Mm-hmm. Completely different. You know, yeah. the indicators are different. The behavior is different. Yeah. You, you, you have to learn that. It's not mm-hmm. a it's mm-hmm. not a one-to-one. I pull a tree from a garden into a greenhouse and suddenly yeah. Yeah. I, I do the exact same thing. If you do, that tree is going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, over the long run, it's not yeah. going to be successful. It's, it's a it's very like odd environment. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. So what is it like for you working for Denny then? What is that? I mean, you and I have talked a little bit this week, but, you know, tell tell us on the for the podcast, like, what is it like for your your bonsai practice being there? Oh, it's it's it. It's a great experience because there are so many species and trees in different stages of development, you know. So what can be more than to work with so many species every day with in the huge quantity? And it's, you know, it's like, I know that's uh, the approach. The general approach needs to be a little bit different. It's It's not so much oriented towards the Ah, let's call it the artistic approach because it is not what it's about. This this is not what's what it's about. It's about to properly properly handle and maintain a huge amount of trees. Yeah, it's a production facility, and not even it, production, it, yeah. not even necessarily production for like, uh, you know, uh, flowers dot com, Mother Day Azalea, mm-hmm. bo- Mother's Day Azalea bones. It's production of. Really high-level bonsai, imported yeah. trees, European natives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a production nursery that's yeah. all, that's moving those things forward mm-hmm. with a lot of quantity. Yeah. You know, my main responsibility over there is to maintain Danny's personal collection of his deciduous stuff and his, or or mainly his conifer stuff, because I feel myself as a little bit more experienced with uh, conifers. So, but still, you know, his personal collection of conifers is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, like huge. Like, like, what's that number look like? Huge benches loaded up with many conifers. You know, hundreds, uh, hundreds, and yeah, hundreds. we are talking about hundreds of trees. And that that was Danny Danny's goal. He told me about that. I want to build up like a huge collection of my trees. That, that it was his goal. So now I'm helping to. Maintain this goal, continue, you know. Continue reach. the refinement. Exactly. And everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he trained me, and he, he still. I'm I'm kind of under the training, you know, f- how to how to behave mm-hmm. as a professional, how to be able to handle big number of trees, how to handle the water, you know, the huge greenhouse during the summer. It's the, the, there are no jokes, you know, about that. You need to be like really focused, hard worker. You know, and Danny, he, we had, we have many interesting conversations, you know, about the art versus uh, 
something what's constantly craft. not to be yeah 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 craft, art craft arson, science yeah, yeah, horticulture yeah. Like, and uh, i started to realize that one day he told me you you know Jan, it's like you get up you start to make your work you work you work and time to time you notice something interesting like oh look what i did in the past three seasons the tree looks pretty interesting interesting let's mm -hmm. put it on the turntable and let's get the hundred percent out of it no it's like and time to time appears this situation that like let's okay let's let's play a little bit with the tree or yeah but still you need to do your work you know it's like so this is the general general approach or or that that's the only way how to handle so big so huge number of trees mm. there i think mm. and, yeah and did you say how, how long have you been working with with danny like this uh we started like really seriously last year during the beginning of spring like pretty much in this uh yeah like beginning of uh march interesting so about but a I, year now and then yeah, you yeah. go out for but i visited him you know before like i was there for a couple of days and we then weeks and and so on so yeah we already know well each other and uh, ingrid her her wife also knows me quite well already danny you know, and ingrid like i'm part of the company I they're think. such good people though yeah they're yeah. such good people they're they're easy people to be around and engage with on mm -hmm. that level because Danny, Danny, what you see, seems to me, what you see is what you get, you know, like, uh, at least I, that's my experience with him. I mean, obviously this guy is an absolute legend of European bonsai. Yeah, the, the stories he told me of him and Mark Nolanders and, um, Hatsumi Terakawa in the very beginning of, mm. you know, really like when you think I didn't realize this, but when we talked with Tunis Jan up in Rotterdam as well as like, uh, Dutch and Dutch and Belgian, bonsai was kind of the beginning or one of the strongholds of european bonsai in the very in the very uh beginning mm -hmm. uh, of the art form in europe and i just had no idea and what a what a wild west show that whole thing was as like everybody was kind of figuring out mm -hmm. what the heck bonsai was and how you make a living doing it and mm. i mean europe really john naka and and that community Yuji Yoshimura on the east coast sort of helped i think the united states get to a certain level of bonsai practice but man in college when i was late 90s early to early 2000s excuse me when you watch the european mm -hmm. the european ascent of bonsai quality and knowledge just yeah, yeah you know it was like a rocket launch uh bonsai europe then became bonsai focus and mm -hmm. there was a lot of uh, really interesting work happening there british bonsai was super strong at that point in time uh you know italian bonsai was kind of at the peak mm -hmm. but uh but it was all fueled by danny it was all fueled by the yeah. ginkgo yeah definitely the ginkgo awards you know that yeah. changed that changed everything it yeah. changed everything the ginkgo awards had a ripple effect in the united states I mean, uh, I've got all the books over there, but I was aware of it back in the day. I mean, Randy Knight went to the Ginkgo Awards. People, people were taking trips. Bill Valvanis, Colin, you know, Colin Lewis, who lives in the United States, was hosting trips. Nick Lenz, one of the iconic, you know, bonsai practitioners of North America, is going to the Ginkgo Awards. I mean, that was like a 
that was like a Coke Fu, not level. It wasn't equivalent to the Coke Fu and something very different in spirit, form, and purpose. Mm-hmm. But I think that Coke Fu was the inspiration, or at least that's what I gathered from Danny. Mm-hmm. But he just wanted to see great trees in Europe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Trees which, which, which have been sieved, you know, or selected like the best of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of kind of pity that you know it's uh, we cannot we cannot uh, see it you know or like experience this 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 event you know anymore the, it's like the, the, the energy of, right yeah the energy and yeah 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 that's that and mm. and and i feel like at that time danny was able to you know he was like a george washington kind of figure in european boneside because danny was able to somehow get all of the personalities of European bonsai into the same spot. You know, you go to the trophy now, mm-hmm. and I would say a lot mm-hmm. of European bonsai is at the trophy. Mm-hmm. But the European bonsai that's at the trophy is the good-natured, good-willed, good-spirited yeah. uh, personalities yeah. of European bonsai. But you have in Europe, as you do in any culture, these kind of outlier personalities. Yeah. You know, a little edgier. They've got some. They've got some beef with somebody. They don't politically agree, or the, mm-hmm. you know, that this person slighted them at some yeah. point, and there's yeah, no yeah, forgiving. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of that 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 transcends any bonsai culture. But um, Danny was able to cut through all of that yeah. and get those people in one space. And when you put I, I do still think, you know, if you compare North American bonsai, Japanese bonsai, European bonsai, the strong point of European bonsai is you have so many cultures in such a confined, compressed space of a small continent in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can see these cultural differences in the work, which I think is fascinating. But mm-hmm. beyond that, artistry mm-hmm. is the backbone of uh, 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 of European culture. You know, this this age and time and craftsmanship but it but it always comes it, i think it always comes down to artistry like that's really defi- the defining characteristic of european bonsai to me mm-hmm. i think technique is foregone mm-hmm. for the artistry in european bonsai which mm-hmm. at some point you know artistry and technique work like this and you know if you say in the united states maybe artistry just this blatant artistry and creativity might not take us here but technique and knowledge and science and then maybe a refusal you know to be told what to do and sort of this this Mm -hmm. boundary pushing mentality uh can can morph into artistry at 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 some point in that sort of upward trajectory and evolution of those things as they combine with technique now to me that's what describes north american bonsai but it's like the the natural intuitive artistry of europe and Italy and Spain and some of these countries that have created just phenomenal bonsai is hard to deny. Mm, yeah, that's 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 true. That's yeah, I I, I agree definitely. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's all good. You know, not all art is good. Yeah, it's you know, uh, maybe we have too many artists, bonsai artists in Europe. You know what I mean? It's I like, think you have too many bonsai professionals, but you, I don't think you can have an, too many bonsai artists. There's a lot of people that a lot. There are a lot of people that call themselves a professional. Yeah, and art, but artists too. Yeah, like I think, you know, to be an artist, it may might sound like quite cool, you know, or fancy, you know. So mm. I think that the European people in general are. are quite attracted to this title you know like 
It's my assumption, you know, like I'm like a mature guy. I was successful in business. I built up some company. So now I'm going to be a good artist also. I'm going to show to the world that I'm good also, not only only in business or my former stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna show that I'm also the best artist ever. Yeah, this you know, is something kind you... of ego or kind of yeah. Yeah, but that doesn't matter what people say about themselves because uh-huh. the ta- the proof is in the pudding. When this is why the ginkgo mattered. This is why the trophy matters. Uh-huh. Because when you're when hey listen when the playing field is level, and you put that tree in that exhibition, cream rises to the top. It's very clear who's an artist. You know, mm-hmm. it's very clear who's an artist. It's very clear what art is mm-hmm. uh, when it's. When when all of these things, and I understand bone size, subjective, objective, all of those. Yes, great. You know, but also, also the thing that always I always found fascinating about European bone size, mm-hmm. because you know, let's be honest, like Masahiko Kimura didn't miss very often. He wasn't stepping up to the plate and 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 whiffing, you know, like that. Hitting home runs. He was hitting. He was hitting home runs. He's a wall banger. He was. He was. He was a grand slammer. You know, like. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, there would be a piece of work that it was like very uncharacteristic of of Mister Kamura to miss. Periodically, it would happen. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a human being, right? But I think like when you look at some of the, and I, I mean, I think it rings true for North America. I mean, we're speaking specifically about Europe, but when you look at Europe. There, there are definitely prominent personalities in Europe that can hit a grand slam. I think mm-hmm. Salvatore uh, Liparacci is is a perfect example. That guy has created some phenomenal pieces of work. Yeah, sure. But every sure. once in a while, you see something, and you're just like, "Well, you can do that phenomenal those phenomenal pieces of work." But what happened here? Mm-hmm. What happened to this to this piece of work now? You know the complexity of of this intermixing of European cultures and then the individual personality with that culture. You know, I would say a lot of that probably could be explained by where somebody was at at a point in their life, what they were dealing with when they had to do that photo shoot that that piece of work didn't quite work out with, or that material maybe being uh-huh. you know a little bit riddled with some bad bad mojo, bad business, bad relationships, uh-huh. soured fringe. You know what? Or what choice for health over aesthetic or something? Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. and 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 it seems to me like you can find explanations because if somebody can do a good piece of work one time, technically they should be able to good be a do, good piece be able to do a good piece of work multiple times. But that's where I say I think Europe has a lot of artists. But you know, what's the difference between an artist and a professional? What a professional has to be able to do a good piece of work every time. Oh yeah, every that's time. A big true. And that's, that's where Mister Camaro was an artist. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Kimura was a professional. Pros, pro. Yeah, pros, yeah, pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, top yeah. of the heap, pros, pro. I mean, even Kobayashi, yeah. Kunio Kobayashi, mm-hmm. guy struck out a lot, an awful lot, awful lot. Total flubs in a lot of, in, in several different, you know, moments, demonstrations, pieces of work, handling of important material, etc. You, you and I might be biased because Mr. Kamara is my master, and I'm not trying to be in any way disrespectful. But I'm just saying, when you observe the narrative arc of these careers and and sort of look at bonsai from the perspective of a zoomed out mm-hmm. artist to artist application, you know who's a great and why. I mean, Mr. Kamara did not miss. He just I'm sorry, he just did not miss. I, I I can think of one piece of work, 
in the six years that I was an apprentice that I questioned. That mm-hmm. I questioned that mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't think that was a responsible handling of that tree. I think even pieces pieces of work that Mr. Kimura performed that people did question, if you knew the technical background of the story of that story or the nuance of why he did that work, you would be like, wow, that, I again, hats off. Like I, I have I, I didn't realize it was to that depth that you were considering that work and that you performed that action. I mean, it really was uh, pretty spectacular to, to 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 like witness that, you know, and recognize. Mm. And I think these are these are the things that seems to me in the Western world that whether we follow the Japanese model or not, you do have to be aware of the levels to the game and aware of that that is like the ladder that you can, there is a ladder, there is a, a, a stepping stone of levels that exist that it's not just about being able to make a tree. Like I feel like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in Europe, th- there's a misunderstanding there. I actually think in the United States, we have a little bit of a better understanding of that because there's been a lot of formally educated people mm-hmm. in Japan that have done the entire apprenticeship mm-hmm. or done a vast majority mm-hmm. of the apprenticeship mm-hmm. that have come back and raised that awareness, you yeah, know, starting okay. with Kathy Shaner. But I mean, you know, Bjorn and, and, and Michael Hagedorn and... Um, um, Boone. Boone uh, certainly spent a lot of time in Japan. Myself... Um, and I know there are several others that have spent quite a bit of time in Japan and and have come back and contributed, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of primary knowledge of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I I still wrestle with all of these, uh, things, you know, I, I don't know if I, even, even though I, I really, I would love to be an artist. I like this approach. I don't know if I am an artist. I don't know if I am a professional. Because, you know, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not yet. Or you know, it's like. Yeah, but you can't call yourself a prof. I mean, isn't this the isn't this the pursuit? Like, this is certainly my pursuit. Uh huh. If we're just sitting here speaking, but I I can't uh-huh. say I'm an artist or or a professional. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I say I'm a bonsai professional because I don't know what else to tell people because I'm certainly not going to be an asshole that tells somebody I'm a bonsai artist, right? Like, Yeah, sure. It, it's like... That's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. not for you to decide, ultimately, exactly, exactly, right? Exactly. But, but uh, I aspire to be, you know, and I aspire <laughs> yeah, to be a so, professional. Yeah, we are on the same line. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. And exactly. I think, And I think what I'm trying to get at is like the models... Regardless of what the style, you don't want to use bonsai containers in your compositions, mm-hmm. right? You're more gravitating towards stone mm-hmm. and a different sort. You're attempting to do something different. Really, you know, the Japanese bonsai model, even if you're not creating traditional design in a mm-hmm. traditionally formed bonsai container, etc., there still are markers of like that that backbone of bonsai culture that have been created over there. And I think one of them is is that analysis and assessment of different bonsai professionals and practitioners and artists and looking at them and saying, gosh, what does that look like to be at that level? And I think understanding the level Mm -hmm. is what allows you to also calibrate and have some degree of reference for where you're at and where you want to improve and what you, where you want to get, you know? Yeah. For me, I don't want to miss. Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss. I want to miss to be the rarest. I want a miss in work to be a rarity. I want it to be the worst day, not an off day. I don't want to have off days. I want to have a worst day, and the rest of them are just the same day, which is uh-huh. Grand Slam knocking it out of the park. That's that's for me. That's my objective. Okay. You yeah. know. Yeah. You know. Uh, sometimes I'm thinking, what does it what does it mean to be artist or bonsai artist? And I think uh, maybe the the 
we, we can approach it like that, that once somebody starts to ask questions through his work, maybe that's the border when somebody is becoming to be an artist. Sure. I, I think, yeah, you, you I know think what so. I mean? Like, I do. I have something... Once there's dialogue. Yeah, yeah, Once there's exactly. dialogue, once something is being explored, once a question is being yeah. asked, yeah. once an answer is being sought. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, because... Yeah. The, 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 and this is where, when before you came, mm -hmm. the conversation you and I had is, listen, Jan, you are already creating a body of work mm. by, by focusing on your stonework so much that putting trees in your stones and committing to that... Because you... To be an artist, you have to have a prolific body of work. You have to have technique. You have to have an understanding of the tradition. And then you have to have a prolific exploration of whatever the question is that you're asking or the answer you're seeking, right? Mm -hmm. And and only rarely do you have somebody come along that doesn't have to have that technique or that awareness of history. Mm -hmm. And they just ask a question and they're so freaking gifted that they can go ahead and bypass those two precursors mm -hmm. to creating yeah. art, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and yeah, some individuals like that. Yeah. And I think the education that you sought and and in your studies and mm -hmm. in your pursuit of bonsai, you you have not in the traditional sense of of an apprenticeship in Japan, but I think better or more than you know. And I think Todd is is I think Todd you and Todd are kind of yeah. traveling the same path mm -hmm. in yeah. different ways in different cultures, but you're obtaining that technique and you're also uh, obtaining that awareness of history mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that allow you to sort of explore and ask those questions or seek those answers. That's what I think. Yeah. You, you know, in, in my case, I was, I'm, I think that I'm like the typical product of the European bonsai scene, you know, like imagine myself as a, you know, young, naive guy who wants to make bonsai, you know, and he's dreaming about Japanese apprenticeship. I, I was like that. I was no, there was no difference with me, you know. I was, uh, I wanted to go in Japan so badly. But part of me, like the, like a deep voice was telling me, hey, Jan, be careful. This is not your way. You know, something, I was always like that. Even though I, I really wanted, I was dreaming about, yeah, like everybody most of the young guys who are dreaming about bonsai to being bonsai professional and yeah I, I was the same i was the same yeah but here's the weird thing to me uh and i don't really understand this but i've definitely witnessed uh -huh. it is for all of the for all of the interest in bonsai in europe why have there not been european apprentices that have gone the distance that have completed an apprenticeship that have gone and stayed Five the plus. course, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are some. I there don't, are, there I, are. I don't know. I know there's a gentleman that studied with uh, Arushibata, mm -hmm. um, who stayed the course, and I know that Alessandro has stayed the course mm -hmm. with Mr. Kimura. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what the state of status of his apprenticeship is at the moment, but, 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 uh, but I don't know a whole heck of a lot more European professionals who have completed an, a full apprenticeship uh i know about the guys uh they were there for for three years so it's like completed apprenticeship no or, not even no not even yeah. remotely mm -hmm, close mm -hmm. the, the there's there's a saying in japan that there's a saying in japan and i'm gonna bastardize this a little bit because this was 
mm-hmm. when when I heard this and started to understand this mm-hmm. was when I was in my like between my second and third year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I really was only gaining language proficiency at that point in time. But for three years, you're more or less sedentary mm-hmm. in terms of needing to sit and take whatever is dealt to you, right? Okay. Like you yeah. have to. You have to, and, and and the way that it was described to me as, as sitting on a stone and watching water flow by, right? Mm-hmm. You're taking the input in and you're watching everything pass. Mm-hmm. But once you pass that three-year mark, that's that three-year mark, fin- in the end of your third year, beginning of your fourth year, everything changes, changes as an apprentice. Mm-hmm. And that's the point that mm-hmm. not many people make it to. Now, if okay. you can get over that hump, okay. past the three-year mark... Uh-huh. Next two, three years, no sweat. No mm-hmm. sweat. Not that it gets easier, mm-hmm. but you have now obtained the information to be successful in okay. the next round of okay. education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like and, it, and I would say the majority of European apprentices that I've witnessed during my time or been aware of afterwards mm-hmm. have not made it to that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, I, I don't know if somebody past that three years or maybe yes maybe i'm wrong I, that I is, that's what i'm saying listen mm-hmm. hey look, look because here's the deal had they had they passed that three-year mark you would know who they are uh-huh you would know yeah, their name right. mm-hmm. you would know who they are you would know their work yeah mm-hmm. you don't know that yeah yeah that's interesting that's re- it's, it's fascinating it's, isn't yeah, it? It, yeah, is. it is it is yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. i mean this is where i i still feel like in european bonsai uh Marco Invernizzi might be might be a a controversial name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, whatever happened in Marco's apprenticeship is is his story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe, I do I do believe I don't know for sure because the details are are foggy and I do believe Marco turned the corner on that third year. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. But but it was in that is it was in that next step that I don't think uh, things came together. Uh, but but it's undeniable when I look at European bones. I still I mean Marco Invernizzi really at the end of the Ginkgo Awards was responsible for a significant amount of the work that was being shown in the Ginkgo Awards. Sure. I mean he was a game changer, deluxe, supreme. I mean, he changed the game in the United States. He changed the demonstration model in the United States. Marco mm-hmm. Invernizzi changed everything about the demonstration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was at the national show this past uh, time around. Yeah, different different vibe, though. You know, different vibe than when he came out of Kimura's like a freaking cannonball launched out of a, you know, gigantic cannon. I mean, it was, it was, it was something really interesting, really mm-hmm. interesting. So, you know, that, that also had an influence on me because when I was coming, when I was in college prior to going to Japan, mm-hmm. Marco Irvin Renisi had just come out of Japan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like the hot, hot commodity. He was traveling the world. Uh-huh. I was uh-huh. looking at his work online. He came to California multiple times. We worked together. We spent mm-hmm. a lot of time together mm-hmm. at that point in time when he was on the... <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. that, that that moment right there, that's the funnest part of bonsai is when you're on the upward trajectory. Yeah. This is why I was in Australia. Uh, um, was that 2018, 2019 in Melbourne for the, they had a, they had a native native plant oh, species yeah. exhibition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Fan, fantastic. Australia clearly is on that mm-hmm. upward trajectory, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Hugh, Hugh and Jared Bailey and a few other people are really 
kind mm. of pushing and driving that forward. But it's, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, that's the best. That's the best place to be. Yeah. Europe, Europe, Europe goes like this though. You know, every bone tight culture does. North America right now is just sort yeah. of we we kind of yeah. we kind of troughed out, and now we're headed up again. Mm. We're on the we're on the upward now. But it was for a while there. It was like, gosh, what do you, what's next? Yeah, there does seem to be. And and you'll have to correct me here, but there does seem to be a little bit of a drop off from the the Eugio Yushimiro uh, and and uh, John Naka that timeline mm-hmm. and kind of like who was to be the next person to like pick mm-hmm. up the baton and keep going. Yeah, it's there's not, something. There's it's something not realistic there. though, right? Like uh, you, the 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 bonsai world's gotten too big. When it was that small, John Naka could change everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But like. You, you had John Naka, Yuji Yoshimura, and then boom, you kind of had this trough. Uh, and then you had uh, uh, Kathy Shaner and Boone, right? And then you had this this upward rise. And then, you know, I know there are, there are several significant personalities throughout the North. I mean, you could talk about Dan Robinson. You could talk about Nick Lins. You could talk about Dave DeGroote. You can talk mm. about Von Banting. You can talk about, uh, you know, Gary Marshall. And um, mm. uh, who's the who's the... Super Guy Gidry down in, you know, Mary Madison, uh, Jim Smith. Lots of personalities. Right. Lot, lots, lots, yeah, lots, right? But, but if you just, the singular if, figure if, you're just really... fo- if you're just following this arc of like people, I mean, Boone came back and changed the soil mix that Bone Size cultivated yeah. in. And they call it, a lot of people they call, call it the Boone, Boone mix. mix. I mean, yeah. this is the fundamental soil of the Kanto region. I mean, he didn't study in the Kanto region, but he studied at a very sophisticated nursery in terms mm-hmm. of. Uh, studying with Mitsuya, but then ultimately doing most of his study uh, with Mr. Kamiya, you know, but like modernized the soil structure. You know, mm. Kathy Shaner came back and started showing techniques that were, you know, they, they, they were the thing of of lore. You know, I remember the first time I watched Kathy Shaner work. She just split this branch off a trunk, boom, mm-hmm. bent it on this massive Scots pine. And I was just like, holy cow, I've never seen a tree like that. I've never seen anybody handle a tree like that. Mm. It was it just etched in my mind. Mm-hmm. Game changing. Game changing. Game changing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really pretty, pretty interesting. And t- to tie it into, you know, current timeline, and this is kind of what your your whole business and, and, and thought process has been is like, you know, empower the people with the techniques, yeah. you know, let people have the knowledge and the information and mm. then. And then and see then what they, that tree on the bench yeah. is. Yeah. Now the proof is in the pudding. Who's an artist? Yeah. Show me what you got. Who is an artist? You know, and I think that's where. That's where Europe also benefits from its small, some from its smaller, its more compressed size. Yeah, because you get more representation at exhibition for people to get from the west coast of North America to the east coast. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a big endeavor for most people, and so the national show is a is a tough ask to have good representation. Definitely, yeah. you know, I I mean, we had to we had to work really hard at the Artisans Cup to get good representation. Yeah. Yeah, even though the Europe is much smaller, it's it's actually pretty much the same in the smaller scale, but it's it's difficult to yeah, to get like to represent like um, the best trees or you know from all the European countries in the one show, you know, there are always some politics involved, you know, somebody's interested, somebody not. Somebody wants to travel, you know, like ten hours, fifteen hours. But I don't know. It's, that's what know? Danny. That's what Danny cut through, though. That's what that's he was true. able to dissect. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, here's what I recognize: uh-huh. either Spain is the most centrally located country in Europe, hmm. or the Spanish don't have a problem getting past those hurdles because they go to every exhibition and dominate. 
because mm. they like 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 it. Oh, I, I, they, obvi obviously they like, do. You know, like, like you should. What what will be the European show without our Spanish trees? <laughs> See, but that used to be that used to be the, that used to be Italy. Uh huh. Uh -huh. That used to be Italy. What happened? Uh -huh. What happened? What happened? It. Where'd you go, Italy? Where'd know. you go? You know, I mean, but, like, still Italy. You go to Italy and you see the bonsai. If you go to UB and stuff, like, it's not like there's a lack of quality trees or a lack of people uh -huh. doing bonsai. I mean, but, but at the trophy, if you have or saw you either one of those, right? Preferably the trophy. Where is Sandra Signeri's work? You know, where, 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 the, where is Salvatore Liparacci's work? Mm -hmm. Where the, is, uh, you know, Michele Andolfo's work? Mm -hmm. Where is, where is, you know, Rocco's work? Mm. Where, is, anybody that you want to, where, where is, you know, it's, I mean, you see Mauro, which I respect the fact that Mauro is exhibiting trees, mm -hmm. like universally exhibiting trees. Yes. Uh, and, um, Marco Giannini, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, I was super happy to see his work in the last trophy that I was at because he's a phenomenal bonsai practitioner. Like this, it's just like Italy. Where are you? Mm. You know, if if and and I think there still is in Italy the same mojo that made Italian bonsai so influential. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I think there at, at, at a time there was Studio Botanico that was uh, educating a lot of the European bonsai practitioners that are now European bonsai professionals. You know, Salvatore mm -hmm. had a facility that really, when it was in Milan, was just like crushing, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's interesting. These, yeah, are, these are all just ebbs and flows of culture and all of it, that stuff. Yeah. And you've talked about this, where you feel like it's like it's really important to support the national show here here in uh, in the United States. So it's you know it's important to make sure that we're all participating and kind of pulling in the same direction yeah, on these sure. things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I don't know if this changes. I'm not familiar enough with Europe to know, but does it does it change in Europe um, because the the identity with each country versus Europe? I mean, for for the United mm -hmm. States, it's really. I mean, we're not. People don't normally say, well, this is California bonsai or Oregon bonsai or Florida bonsai. Like people don't those conversations aren't really happening, I don't I don't think. Oh, um, I, I think they do, but I think you know, I think in Europe you had George Washington, which was Danny. Mm-hmm. And 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 then when Danny when Danny stopped the Ginkgo, I, I I think he just burned himself out. But when he stopped the Ginkgo Awards, you know, the trophy picked up the slack, but 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 there but but George Washington was gone. And in the United States, I think there is a far more, without all of that, those differences, cultural differences and, you know, food, thought, pro, just everything that comes mm. with these different cultures all in one confined pressure cooker. In the United States, I think we're able to be a little bit more like, yeah, let's let, let's, yeah. let's let's support, support each other. Let's Bill do this. Let's keep going. Let's make let's make this positive. Let's move forward. Like I. Yep. I recognize that when I looked at Japanese bonsai and how mm. how riddled with you know politics and backdoor dealings it was is I mean mm. it's so gnarly you know mm. and then Europe it was just a a matter of differences and it was yeah. like well that that's not something to repeat either we're we're lucky here but there's a lot of richness in the you know protagonism and antagonism of European bonsai I mean it's like a soap opera when you go over there <laughs> yeah it is it's <laughs> a total soap opera <laughs> that's that's a good term yeah it is you know now I. Yeah, actually, about the Ginkgo Awards, you know, I think that this spirit 
is somehow still present in Danny's club, the K Bonsai club, because like uh, during uh, this autumn, there was like a big club show. I mean, like a big show, and the Ginkgo Bonsai Center was loaded up by the. There were like I don't know, hundreds of people. You know, it was like a huge success, huge show just for the weekend. It was show only for the members of the club. It was not like a public show because of also partially because of the COVID restrictions mm-hmm. and so. But it was like it was amazing, and Danny was there like a main, you know, like the big figure, like a leader, like a Washington, yeah, like George Washington, he, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. You know, he's so got, he's got to, he's got to, yeah. Not, not everybody can do that, you know. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. think, I think beyond Danny's, because Danny is skilled as a bonsai practitioner. Hmm. Danny's a skilled nurseryman, but also. I mean, Danny. Danny is a skilled people person. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, ah, you know, it's like I have some question, and I get the answer from him. Whatever about the bonsai business, bonsai approach, how to deal with diseases, you know, how to deal with the hot temperatures, cold temperatures, how to deal with people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. It's a George Washington yeah. of bonsai. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> it's, is you know, great. It's, it's amazing. It's Nailed amazing, it. really. And I, it was really cool to see, you know, like the like the main hall in the Ginkgo Bonsai Center was like filled up by the club members and everybody was still like hungry for the new information and sharing, you know, the experiences. And I, I, I witnessed like trees which were like, 20, 30, 40, 60 years in training, you know, like second generation. You know, mm. Danny told me, ah, this this already new club members, they are they take care about the trees of the previous generation, you know, stuff like this. It was amazing. It was amazing. That's great. I've seen so many species, so so many species, difficult species, so well refined, like I never seen before. Like know? what? Can you give me an example? Difficult species. What's uh, a difficult species? Ne- needle junipers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Communists. Also, and Communists uh, are now I uh, now r- I'm like rigida? a bit. Also, also, but uh, there it was like one. Ah, uh, uh, that's awkward. I forgot. <laughs> no, no, species. I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. It it's was, native to Europe, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, it was. Uh, I don't know. This is a needle juniper. That it was. It was like the species, Europe? like a, no, like it was like a. It was this juniper, which is not very popular for the bonsai, because it's difficult to handle its foliage, you know. But yeah, of course there are Oxy, many. Species. Is it oxycedrus? It was not oxycedrus. Was ah, yeah, that's that's so bad. Okay. Well, anyways. Yeah. Anyway, I I will yeah. I will find find Scomata? the name. Give me, give me. Yeah, yeah. What? Squamata? Thanks, thanks. Squamata? It was, it was fucking squamata, you know. <laughs> what? Yeah, but yeah, thanks. I don't know how I can be so stupid to don't remember, you know, uh, the squamata. I know. Be so. Squamata. Squamata is native to Europe. It's, uh, it's not pr- probably it's not native, but it's like Himalayan. well known in the garden, you know, garden. Oh, okay, industry. like a landscape. Know, like, oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Something for the beginners, you know. It's like oh. Squam- 
squamara, you know, what do you want to do with this? You know, it's like, ah, hey, look at this. You, you are no any longer beginner, you know, you can jump into Itoigawa, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> but you know, this tree was like so well refined, you know, so many years under the training that, ah, crazy, crazy. That's, that's great. Yeah. Even though it was created out of nursery stock or garden tree, you know, nothing. It was not crazy high quality, you know, Yamadori. It was, but the way how it was cured and and made for so many years, the spirit was there, you know, the, the quality. Well, you talked the, about this a little bit this week when you and I were talking that you were just recently finding a lot of um, kind of happiness and enthusiasm for working on kind of humble material back oh. home and just really enjoying just you know, finding the best out of something that maybe isn't just an, an amazing collected piece of, you know, Yamadori, just like really mm. just enjoying this quality nursery stock and bringing the best out of that. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I, of course, I can enjoy the huge piece of high, highest quality Yamadori a lot. Of course, I do. But on the other hand, sometimes I consider kind of more creative to handle the really poor material. And this is the point where it becomes to be fun for me. You know, it's like I need to deal with some simple tree and I, my goal is to make something extraordinary. I don't know that, that this, I know that this is a distance dream that, you know, simple tree cannot be the best tree, you know, or world-class tree, maybe never, but I don't care, you know, it's just, just this, like, one singular moment of, of, of joy, like, oh, that's, that's simple tree, and I'm gonna make it special, this is what, what I like, what I want to do. You know? Well, some of that maybe is, is something that you can do as a, as yeah. a bonsai artist, bonsai professional, it, it, versus what maybe nature had done. Is there something there about yeah, your impact like on yeah, the yeah. tree? Yeah. And... On the simple tree, I can apply all the techniques which I learned. I can be totally free. I can try to make some crazy ideas even, or not try, because ah, the professional, true professional should tried all the stuff you know in in the past you know no no that's not true that's not true true professional is making it up as they go and trying new things all the time that's what i think i like more this uh, this statement actually, because but, you're not you know, old enough to have done it all in the past man you're like what are you like 16 like you're not here 17 18 look at the boyish boyish I know, you got that got that you know pre-20 smile a grin on your face yeah, over yeah, there yeah yeah i yeah i have hard times to yeah handle with the, yeah. the clean living and the check it's it's doing you right uh, i like i i definitely i get down with what you're saying but here's the thing to realize mm. is 99% of bonsai are not going to be world class sure so yeah. so you know right? and, and I would say there are pieces of nursery stock in the garden at Mirai that far outweigh, in terms of my preference and affection, hmm. the most extravagant yam Yamadori that exists in this garden, you know? I mean, pff, some of the the nursery stock trees that we've made over the course of time have, have become some of the best trees in the garden. Mm -hmm. And that's just a testament. The aesthetic is different, though. 
It you is. know, it and, is. Yeah, and yeah. when you think about it, a field-grown tree versus a nursery-grown tree or a container-grown tree versus a Yamadori tree, each of these offers just a, a, a wonderfully beautiful nuance that's different. Uh, yeah, that, that's what's beautiful about that. You know, for me or to me, to work with this, like, Yamadori tree, it's a lot about the... Uh, respect what was what was done by nature you know in the past and just to follow what's already there and creatively these out or these qualities you know to, mm-hmm. to make them visible or or yeah you Enhance know what i mean and like, uh, yeah, and... exactly yeah yeah and i love this kind of approach but on the other hand i love to work with very simple trees and just creatively approach them and that's it. It, it, it this is what's nice about the bonsai work that the, this nuance new nuanced approach to different kind of materials it, it should be like that this is what makes it interesting actually I, 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 think. I, I think that's the beauty of adding deciduous and broad, oh, yeah. broadleaf in general definitely, you know deciduous mm-hmm. because you can have young deciduous trees that are just so enjoyable mm-hmm. you know like yeah. when you have young conifers for whatever reason, it's like, ah, it's, yeah, I'm no. waiting for it to get no, older. No, you know, like, I got to yeah, let yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And like, you try, but you yeah. can only push a conifer so far, so fast. And, mm-hmm. you know, the container is going to be dog ears and it's going to get older. But you're just kind of, you know, for like, you're just waiting. But like with a young deciduous, it's like, ha! For whatever reason, and maybe it's just the, the 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 change of form, you know, out of leaf, spring growth, uh, hardened off state, uh, fall color, and then winter silhouette. Maybe it's that cycle that keeps it fresh or makes it feel somehow more enthusiastic. Always but changing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah the, I mean, uh, like. A, a, a little conifer, a little pine, like grows like one little set of needles mm-hmm. each year, and you're just like, mm-hmm. Gee, Jesus, yeah. I'm a. I'm gonna be looking at this a long that's time. That's your gift to the next yeah. generation. Well, yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be waiting for this to be exciting for yeah. a long time. That's like talking to somebody that doesn't talk. Say, <laughs> like, hey, you wanna have a conversation? And they're like, sure. Yeah. 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 But Quite they never ask you, but they never ask you a question back. <laughs> this is the baby redwood voice that we discovered <laughs> in, the, in Prairie Creek. <laughs> Shout out to Josh Sales with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, deciduous. De- yeah, definitely. It's it's something so. I I, I fell in love in deciduous stuff. Yeah, yeah, because of this kind sense of free, some sort of freedom, or they are just beautiful. You know, the the leaves are beautiful. They are changing. There are the seasonal changes, and it's something. And I think that I can discover. Like something new through the work with the CDUs, something new in my own work, you know? It's like, because, how to explain it? Because I never, I was never able to approach the deciduous the, the work in the, in the more traditional way. If I, if I imagine deciduous tree, I don't see... You know, the typical, you know, maple in the overpot with beautiful nebari, you know. Let's, you know, the, like a more traditional piece of work. I always, I've I always seen, I've seen the deciduous work as, deciduous trees as like a, like a pure natural freedom or, and this is 
or, or like pure natural beauty. Mm-hmm. I think we should, we should, you know, like embrace this like pure beauty, you know, of beauty of leaves and, and the bark of the deciduous trees. Something what's what's what goes to the different direction, uh, you know, far away from the bonsai aesthetic, actually, or yeah. just like a pure appreciation of how the t- how the trees looks like. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like when you see the young beech forest or young beech trees, for instance, it's so freaking awesome. You know, yeah. in the spring and then later on in the summer, you know, the deep green color of the leaves and then you know the autumn colors. It's it's like it's amazing especially the european beach yeah yeah sylvatica is like yeah. one of the all-time great yeah. bonsai species i think it far outweighs the japanese beach oh huh. yeah. i could take it or leave it it's like uh this is what i want to say you know through my work like this this experience to being in the in the nature to, or to be what's correct to be mm-hmm. being in the nature mm-hmm. yeah to be in the nature and just appreciate this pure beauty. This is something what I would love to show, you know, when I put my piece in the bonsai show or whatever. I don't care if it, if this is going to be bonsai show or some artistic project in the gallery, you know, which def- it, which is some definitely something what I would love to do, you know, in the future, like, you know, exhibit the trees in the gallery, like like artistic gallery. I don't care actually, but once I put something to the show, I would love to talk and speak about that. Mm-hmm. These experiences of the pure natural beauty, beauty of trees and plants. It's something so freaking awesome to me. Is this part of what's tying you back into putting more and more of your trees on slabs and less in the probably, pots? Is this probably, trying to yes, more, a little yes. bit more of a... Uh, representation of natural environment and, and, yeah. and nature in general versus mm-hmm. bonsai with kind of more of the traditional containers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to really bring it next time you show a tree. You are hyping it up. You are really, you're really yeah. setting yourself up to have to deliver now. It's, yeah. But that's the point. How to deliver this message. Okay. Let's call it the, 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 the message. How to deliver it in some high quality or in something would make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Not it's some, okay, I'm artist, I'm putting something on the show and I, I'm going to pretend that it's super good and it, that my piece holds this message. It needs to be like that. The, the, the tree or the, the composition needs to be really good. And how to, how to achieve this, you know? And what does it mean to be really good? You know, mm. all of these questions are mm. in my mind. It's like, maybe it doesn't need to be super complex or super old tree or very special tree, especially Yamadori. Maybe not. Maybe yes. You know, it's, you know, like, but once you put something like that on the show, it needs to speak about itself. The mm. message needs to be there, present. That's, that's my point. And it's easy to talk about that, but not so easy to accomplish Oof, that. Tough to you, know, execute. you know what I mean? It's like, tough to execute. Yeah tough to execute because i think it takes a lot of forethought Mm. and i don't think that you obtain that forethought until you put a tree on display and you recognize all the things that you could have done that you didn't do Mm -hmm. and then you try to do it better the next time and you recognize you only did one of the 10 things you could have improved on better but at least you did that one thing better right and it's the it's this accumulation it's an amassing of 
just like any other any other exercise, you've got to work that muscle of showing a tree and presenting your work with oh, an intentional yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with an intentional gesture. Mm-hmm. You've got to improve upon that, right? It's not it's not many people not many people have the capacity to do that well. And, and I think I, I actually do think, you know, the formal structure of the ginkgo really pulled in. Hmm. The Japanese aesthetic of the Coke Fu as a display model, and that mm-hmm. has been echoed through the trophy as mm-hmm. well as Saliu. Mm-hmm. But there were European displays, you know, and I, I, you could go back to to Mark Nolander's first book. Mm-hmm. You could go to Salvatore's book, and you're seeing things in those books that sit outside. And this is what Salvatore brought to an exhibition more than I think a phenomenal tree was his displays mm-hmm. and the materiality of his displays. And the context that he was creating through his displays yeah. was very, very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. Broken glass to represent water. You know, oh. elements and oh. ar- mm. elements and artifacts in his displays mm. that mm. were not commonly seen in bonsai. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this mm. is this is circa, you know, early nineties. Like we're we're talking, you're talking. This is like Nick Lenz planting something on a, you know, a, a statue of Penelope or a tank, you know, toy tank through this forest. And people are like, this guy, this is crazy. It's like, yeah, he didn't ask permission. Nobody told him to do that. That's just, an, that's it. Look, that's an artist, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, and that, and yeah. your, your European has rolled hard with that for a long time since the beginning. Mm-hmm. I really, I really do believe it. I think yeah. Dan Barton in the ceramics department mm-hmm. has been making artistic pots from from the uh, the the beginning yeah you know it's like mm-hmm. <sighs> you know this this is i'm dreaming about something like that about some future bonsai show or i don't know if you even going to call it bonsai show show <laughs> yes i like <laughs> you know that. art art fest whatever future show yeah and there will be like different stuff and different pieces works of art you know with different messages and it's not going to be about the best tree of the show or best tree which going to mimic the japanese you know model you you know what i mean it's like you have a three-point display two-point display you're checking the boxes exactly like i would love to see yeah. something when the people want want to deliver their messages their statements about nature, about their thoughts, about bonsai, about uh, the life, you know, and th- this this is something. Then it becomes to be interesting, much more. At least each me. piece has an artist statement. Yeah, y- you know, Fra- Fra- uh, Francois Jacquer did mm. Jacquer Jacquer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, did you see the exhibition that he put on a while back that had s- some really innovative and dynamic? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some. Yes, I've yeah, seen some pictures. That was that was mm-hmm. really fascinating, yeah. and mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. not about mm-hmm. the best tree. Yeah. And and yeah. I, I had been in South Africa with him prior to him doing that, and he had spoken about his ideas. But uh-huh. like, he's another, he's another person in European bonsai that just like, guy, I, I would I would die to see his work in person mm-hmm. at the trophy, and yeah, it's never happened. But like, he's doing his own thing, and he, yeah, yeah. I, I think Francois mm. is is like a really. Uh, profound artist in the realm of bonsai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting, it, interesting. But I also think, look, I, I think it's hard to deny the artistry of Mario Comstar, and I think he's he is like 
practicing bonsai to the nth degree of traditional and still it's not japanese it, it is not, yeah, yeah yeah it's not it's, japanese yeah. because he's not japanese and even though he's influenced and informed by it so mm-hmm. much he is observing nature from his own perspective yeah, and communicating that through his work and although he can i think do the traditional model of japanese very well like his work has a real sophisticated beauty of the wabi-sabi aesthetic mm-hmm, from definitely. from a european yeah. angle and it's like it's it's yeah. pretty awesome. It, it is super advanced approach. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, I, I I like his stuff a lot. It's even though it's not like something what I would uh, what I want to do with my trees. Right. You know, I, I I hugely appreciate his work. It's, yeah. it's like super advanced approach, super professional. Yeah, it's like uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to to see his trees. You know, that's a really interesting thing that you, you say. Know? It is a pleasure. He has yeah. really crossed a threshold. Yeah, where his work is, it represents something different than mm-hmm. the common bonsai work. Yeah, that's that's yeah. interesting that you say but, that because I I would say that I look forward to seeing his work as well. It is a pleasure. Yeah. It's something to mm-hmm. anticipate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's going to be produced by by Mario? Yeah, you know, it's I think that the current situation in Europe is like, you know. Almost everybody is able to somehow wire up nice foliage pads, make some trees in pretty good or advanced level because of, you know, internet and, okay, let's, because of your work, you know, Mirai Life delivers a lot of information and like people can learn and and upgrade a skill set, you know, and just be better and better. So, like, the general level of bonsai is going up, but there are just a few individuals, like Mario, is definitely who's you know like able to to do something much, much, much more advanced. Yeah, you know? it's like you know it's not so easy to make make so dense tree, so e- refined. You know, there is easy. a lot of technique, and it's like with the right yeah. with the right handling of the elements to give uh, you yeah, that. And, sen- yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. a sensation when you see that yeah. tree. That's where you're a, like, huh. Yeah. Yes, cool. and I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to do that. That's not what I'm I'm striving mm-hmm. to do. But I certainly appreciate that he's doing it, and I love looking at it. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's, it's I love a, I love enjoying it. Yeah. But that's like the same thing as like the nursery stock, you know, or like the deciduous versus the conifer, and just being like, man, there is something about mm. this that is so enjoyable. And then, of course, the highest level Yamadori piece is like. Yeah, that's also very enjoyable in a different way, completely different way. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's super enjoyable, definitely. Maybe a little more intense, huh? Yeah. This big piece of Yamadori, a little more, maybe maybe a little more intense. Break a branch on a, you know, piece of material you can never get again versus (laughs) like break a branch on a tree that you could go back to the nursery and get 10 of. Yeah. (laughs) It makes you feel different. Don't. Fuck this up, Ira. Do not, do not do that, Ira. <laughs> Don't. I just told you not to do that. What do you think about having a life in the green industry now? Yeah, this is. I mean, Jan and I were talking a little bit about this, and I mean, my 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 role in my situation is different than than either of you. But you know, Jan's been talking about you know what does it mean to be a quote unquote bonsai professional or someone who's earning a living working in this hmm. industry. You know, and my my role here is different you know I'm, I'm helping with the trees and helping with you know the projects that we have here and trying to help with everything you know but uh the idea of like 
earning your living doing bonsai is just a strange thing to explain, to, especially to people outside of this world. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, you know, leaving yeah. leaving a, a quote unquote traditional career to be in this world, yeah. and you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Jan, which always comes with sacrifice. Yeah, it's of it's not it's not like I I went and did bonsai because I was going to make a better living. Yeah. That nobody's ever <laughs> ever said that anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. That's the that's the trade off of like I'm gonna go do that because I feel like the quality of life is gonna be worth the squeeze, you know, or like in doing something that I love. Yes, of course, being closer to nature, awesome. Whatever the angle is, like it's worth the squeeze. Mm -hmm. Mm. But it is the I mean that the quality of life concept. It's just you know being a part of something that you can just feel every day. You're around things that you really care about and love, and the people that share some common interests and goals Mm. and desires and you know, I mean, on on a, on a more local level, you know, here it's like this is kind of what I've I've felt with the Mariah community is there's so many people that are just really passionate about trying to, you know, be a part of everything that Mariah is, and it's not just bonsai; it's mm. about trying to do the best that you can do and getting better. And there's a, the other touch points that happen here, you know. And I I just it's it's amazing to be here, you know, and and. Here we are just chatting with Jan and the people that come from other places and walks of life and, and share mm. common mm. goals and, and desires. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. I can't wait till the pandemic's over and suddenly the garden yeah. is yeah, yeah, al- yeah. Al- alive again. I mean, international visitors used to be super, super common. I mean, it was not on not not in the way that you come to Mariah because obviously you come to Mariah and, and – uh, and I'm trying to milk every ounce of your bonsai acumen out of you uh, while you're here. But like, you know, maybe someday you'll come as a more of as like a visitor or a tourist <laughs> and then I won't bother you as much while, while, while you're at Mariah. That's great. Yeah, but it would be I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm looking forward to that because it, that, that, too, is a different vibe when all of a sudden you have you know, 15 people in the garden from three different countries looking at mm. trees. It's like, oh, yeah, mm. no, this feels good. Yeah, and, and the, the the rebuilds that are happening and, and going to be happening over the next, you know, three, six, you know, nine months or whatever here to, mm. to kind, of, uh, kind of reinvigorate the spaces here and make them a little bit more potentially outdoor gallery-esque feeling. Yeah, that's so. exciting. You know, that, that really mm. enhances, I this think, will be, the experience this will be for something. the visitor. Mm. Yeah, where Mariah is headed is going to be something very yeah, special. It's, it's, it's already special, but yeah. it, it's it's where we're headed next. And, it, is, and it, that's I, great. I mean, I feel, I mean, a little bit selfish mm. thought maybe, but uh, I feel like this place needs to be like that. You know, yeah. I mean, everything that Mariah Live has done to kind of connect people, and mm-hmm. this is also the conversation about what Jan was just saying, that where everyone has the ability in Europe and America and Asia, Africa, Australia, you know, to be able to make foliage pads and yeah, create yeah. these things. Like, you know, we're, we're all a part of that thing. The communication is spread out so much uh, further and faster, you know, but I still feel like this place, especially for North America, is just a real epicenter and being able to 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 showcase things a little bit better for visitors. Mm-hmm. It's already a great experience to walk mm-hmm. through the garden here, the greenhouse. I mean, the, the mm. trees, the spaces are stunning, but just to even elevate that a little bit more just feels like it's the perfect thing to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think like once Adam's place is done down there, you know, and there's all of a sudden you have a place to stay and you ten more in. acres of magic. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's what it. we need. Yeah, there's the yeah, but you know, Mariah was always on like the fifty year plan, but it mm-hmm. wasn't a fifty years because we were working so slow. It's quite the opposite. It's fifty years because it's going to take a lifetime to actually build this place to what 
I envisioned its potential to be. And thank goodness there's been a lot of people that have helped. Uh, and it's kind of ramping up. But you, when, when, when you left Crescent City, the, the untouchable northern coast, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, was, the, was life outside of Crescent City different than you expected, better, worse? So I always had connections with Seattle and San Diego because of uh, uh, my mom's parents and my and my dad's parents, and I so I had a little bit of an idea growing up that I would probably want to live in one of those two places, and then, you know, I left Crescent City when I was twenty one and I was working in the casino business and went to Las Vegas and then Seattle. So I always had some exposure, but there was still a lot of that like small town feeling and comfortable nature maybe Mm. a little bit of what you're talking about Jan Mm -hmm. and I've you know coming full circle back to being here in the St. Helens area like a lot of this feels very familiar and a little bit like home where it's like even just driving around the roads here by Mirai have always felt like kind of like that small town feeling you know there's no curb gutter sidewalk on a lot of these streets um but you know, there was a there was a big part of me that was like, I need to le- leave this place and go find opportunity and adventure because you feel like you're in a small town and nothing can happen there. And maybe there isn't as much economic opportunity and, um, you know, so on and so forth. But it's like now it's like I've I've, I've been out a little bit. I, you know, I worked in Seattle for 10 years. I worked in Las Vegas for 10 years. And then to be kind of like putting all that behind me and coming back here there is a little bit of a homecoming comfortable feeling of just being in this small town feeling well wow. it's very strange mm-hmm. that's it's very great. strange that's yeah, so but cool i like it i like it oh i dig it <laughs> isn't it interesting to 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 compare i mean you know like yon and talking about the small town mentality in the czech versus you and the small town mentality and the United States, which I, which I would echo, I had similar ambitions of leaving. Yeah, with Colorado, you know, the you little were, Roaring yeah. Fork River Valley, even though it's one and of a like tourist the most, town uh-huh. kind of people driving totally. through and Aspen, one and, of the most spectacular uh-huh. places in North California America. Coast, and I was same like, kind of get, feeling get and, me out of here! Like, yeah. I got, I got to go find it's opportunity. Nice, but I got to go. I got to go, and I had, I have no intention uh, of ever, you know, returning. And not, not. I mean, it's great to visit, but I'll, I'll never live there again. You know, I've number one. I couldn't afford it. Number two, I I wouldn't want to if I could. Hmm. A weird little what's a weird this, little. Vibe. What's that one restaurant you always tell me about? That you Italian guys, Underground, baby. What, what's it called? Italian Underground. <laughs> no, there's that too. I'm thinking of the place that had the divers inside the restaurant. Oh, Casa were, Bonita in that's, Denver. That's I just flashed. Casa to that. Bonita only for any native Coloradan. Casa Bonita was a destination as a kid. You sit and eat the worst, the worst Mexican food that Oof. you've ever been served. Hmm. Although the sopapillas were pretty chronic. Uh, and you watch people cliff dive. Inside the restaurant. Inside the restaurant. Cliff divers. Tables at multiple levels. Next time levels. you visit Casa Todd, make, make him Casa take Benita. you on a road trip. The, 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 it's such a big deal that the founders, the creators of South Park. They bought it, right? They bought it. They bought it yeah. to keep it alive because it was going to go under. And then they didn't want to sell it to the the the, the South Park because they're like, what are you going to do with this? I bet they turned that place into greatness. Oh, You know, now just, people, just now the greater it. world is going to know about Casa Bonita because because the South Park creators own it and are going are gonna to make it, I'm sure, just like, phenomenal you know it'd be hilarious is if they kept the same shitty food and they just like didn't change it all and they're like look this is casa bonita at its roots like you're not coming here to eat you're coming here to pretend like you're eating 
and be in a space where people are cliff diving while you're eating. Like, yeah. where else can you go to do wow. that? In Denver, Colorado. Un- untouchable. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Untouchable. Oh, my God. That we was, should go. We that, should go. That was, mm. that was my, yeah, we should go visit Todd and go to Casa Bonita. Mm. Uh, that was like, I'll never forget one year. I think it was like my 10th or 11th birthday. This is before Bones. I found Bones. I was at 12. And mm-hmm. it was definitely before that. Because all I cared about was going to a comic book store, uh, which we didn't have in the small town that I grew up in, far, far away from a city, and uh, and eating at Casa Bonita. Because I saw it on TV all the <laughs> this time. This is amazing. This is amazing. All the time, That's man. That's cool. It was great. It was yeah. great. And I was sorely... like. You know, I ordered a cheese quesadilla, which is tough. It's really tough to like screw up, you know? Like, so I don't know how bad the food was. I know my parents were not hyped and we never got to go back, even though I asked every time. That's amazing. So it was uh, telling to me that, that the, that anyways, but yeah, good memories. Oh, God, I'm so glad you brought that up. I just remember <laughs> Todd's talked about it too. And ah, he's just like, that's, that's amazing. It's anybody, a great place. Any, anybody who has grown up in Colorado knows about Casa Bonita. I'm that's, sorry. It just is, man. So what's the Casa Bonita of the check? That's the that's the question for oh. you, my friend. Yeah. Wh- what yeah, was your yeah. when you were when you were saying, Hey, my birthday is coming up, we got this party, I'm I'm a you know, you know adolescent what? I, teen, my 18th young adult. birthday I spend it in the forest under the fucking sandstone roof, you know. <laughs> what? It's like like in a in a cave, you know, in the forest. Like like a sandstone roof. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, that, that, that's our God, you style. Were, that, you, you were know, deep. You were that guy. You were you were that guy. They don't have Chuck E. Cheese or anything. I mean, it's like, where's where's Jan? I haven't seen him for a week. I don't know. He's probably out wandering in the woods. And then guys, like, he's the weird. Yeah. And you show up, the you got leaves in your guy. hair, no, this, and you're like, hey guys, yeah. I've been out, I've been out in the woods you know, making you know found art objects. Yeah. And so <laughs> that that were my that were my you know like yeah. So this was the Casa Benita, I know for. For me and for, for my friends and for us, you know, it's like, of course, in this little town, this sleepy town, we had, we still have, you know, these like, uh, jam clubs or pubs, you know, but it's like, these places are so weird that actually nobody wants to go there, you know, it's like for, for, for the others, like for the oh. people who, who wants to get drunk, you know, and possibly, you know even something more and it's like we were never interested in that you know it's yeah. like yeah wow like like we i mean like my friends or yeah. you know like the old group so yeah it's, what's really, your casa bonita what's crescent city's casa ooh, bonita i think when i was a kid i loved going to uh they called it uh stockade pizza and Stockade Pizza mm-hmm. had an amazing video arcade. Ah, and the pizza is. and the salad bar, they had like an all-you-can-eat thing. Mm-hmm. And that was probably not great. Mm-hmm. But it was all about the arcade. Mm-hmm. And that's all that mattered. So every sports team you were on, anything like that, birthday party, it was like Stockade Pizza. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. just crushed. You ever uh, Have you ever been to Sunshine Pizza in St. Helens? I've driven by it. I've seen the sign. I'm still not quite sure where it's at, which is strange. But I see the sign. They're hiring delivery drivers uh-huh. right now. Anybody listening looking for a delivery job in St. Helens? Sunshine Pizza. We might need to do Sunshine Pizza tomorrow night. Because uh-huh. they got they have a throwback arcade in that thing. Oh. And they have an all-you-can-eat salad bar. And they have subpar pizza. And I just feel like... I, I just feel like I personally... Just connect the dots. I love it. But here's the thing. Taft? Oh. 
Sunshine Pizza is his number one restaurant in the world. What does he do? Like he does like bacon on his pizza or something, right? No, he does uh, chicken, pineapple, and uh, salami. Or or not even bacon at all. Pardon mm. me, Taft. Yeah. I apologize. That yeah. was that He's was like, way uh, off. Ira, I thought we knew each other better. I than we knew us. each other. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw you today. We had a Nerf gun battle. We had a Nerf gun battle. Like, you were helping me with Voltron. Things were going pretty well, and you blew my pizza order. You thought my pizza was yeah bacon. What are you talking about? No, he eats bacon all by itself. That's the only way. He Is the ranch bacon. involved? You, uh, you, you if, would... if 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 he can get it, yeah. Yeah, the ranch. The ranch is the that's some next level pizza. I'm a little bit more blue cheese, but you know, just yeah. tomato bacon with blue cheese. You know what I'm saying? That's that sunshine special. We should take you to Sunshine Pizza. Okay, we can go yeah. right, right now. It's, it's not too late. You Sunshine Pizza is such. No, you're not going tonight. You could go oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Sunshine Pizza is such a divider as far as students that come to Mirai because. You tap into nostalgia with Sunshine Pizza, and people are like, damn, that is great. This was fun. I feel like a kid again. Uh, and then you have people that are like, that's the most disgusting food I've ever eaten. Why would you feed me that? And it's like, <laughs> I, I, I see that too. I understand that too. I see that too. It is, yes, it's greasy. No, the ingredients are not fresh. Yeah, most of it is oh. probably processed and uh, you know def- defrosted yeah. before we uh, consumed it. Where fresh is the thought. Love that. Uh-huh. It's not yeah. the taste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's epic. You know, the sign is like the paint's chipping off mm-hmm. of it. Like, oh but, yeah. But it's but great. I can tell you right now, Sunshine Pizza is doing just fine, just fine. Uh huh. Doing just fine. Cool? Because the town of St. Helens is 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 that is. Ill- illustrative of the town of St. Helens. You know? That's where it's For at. Sure. Paint's chipping off stuff here. We're it, had okay its, with it. it had its heyday. We were the... We, right now... The, town, the, the sign, we were the town of the little smallest, that's best, right. small yeah, town. America's, America's best small town, like 1982. And the sign's like... The, signs of, the chain on, so one, well. on one side of the sign is broken and it's just hanging there oh, right yeah, as you pull yeah, into yeah. town. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It, it, it's like, I'll never forget when I moved here... <laughs> I moved here and I was driving into town, you know, and I moved here basically because Randy lives here and it's very close to Portland. It was yeah. the only, it was the only place close to the airport that I, cause I had to travel in the beginning close to Portland where I had access to the city center. There's no urban sprawl in Portland mm-hmm. headed this direction, which is fantastic because you leave the city and you're in nature. Mm-hmm. So it was like perfect on all those levels, but like driving into town and the sign america's best little city 1982 and it's like half broken it was just like oh god just embracing oh god embracing the memory that's that's tough (laughs) mind you i moved here in the trough of the recession too you know like Mm. down a pretty down and out period in in modern american history Mm. it's just uh you know it's been an ep 2010 i mean right in the heart of it oh man yeah just just devastation yeah really Mm. really hardcore well boys we did it again yeah Yeah. we did it again very enjoyable Jan it's so fun to have you here man it was fun thanks guys yeah good I I, you 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 really sunk into that chair you you got into it yeah I always sit like that it's like I'm yeah I wasn't sure if you were gonna slide all the way out of it or not and I thought about taking a picture and I thought you know what that's just for me (laughs) that's just for me yeah, we yeah. all thought that mic was sitting a little bit low, but you're like, no, 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 this is just what I need. I'm going to slouch down I'm a gonna, bit. I'm going to meet the mic where it's at. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Well, we have a few nice. more few more days of chaos before you leave, but mm-hmm. it should be enjoyable. Thanks for yeah, talking to us. definitely. Yeah. Good. Let's do it. Uh, Ira, always oh. a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Yeah. It's Good to be go. here. Thanks, yeah. Jan. Good to be here. Peace Thanks, out. Man.
Sure.